All right, clap sync. Three, two, one. Was there an attempt there to pop some bubbles? I could I popped really one. <laughs> I didn't know how loud it would be, so I just popped a single one. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. We are back. And, you know, before we get to the, the, the big one, the big award, we do have another personal award to get to here, uh, which is McCoy with your... Is the big one Elena? Award. Yeah, obviously, I will be just choosing this year's TOT Game of the Year, and then the podcast cuts after I mean, that. she printed on the trophies, so what are you going to fucking do about it? <laughs> yeah. Um, true. True. Hey, my name is McCoy, and it's nine hours into this, and I just figured I'd mention my name, you know, for the good podcast <laughs> doing etiquette. great. Um, so I have this word called the Most Cat Lady Award, and I was trying to think, like, spiritually, what does that represent to me? And because um, it would be easy to say the most cat lady game this year would be something like Downfall or Lorelei. And I actually don't think spiritually it is this year. Um, because to me, the most cat lady means it means a game that I love for reasons that I'm not interested in, like, arguing about with other people. <laughs> and I can accept it's not just a game. game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know. I don't really care. Like, someone could be like, well, excuse me, the story doesn't hang together here. And I'd be like, you're taking away the light in my life right now by just existing <laughs> and talking and arguing. So then I just walk away from those conversations. And so I think this year I'd actually like to give the most Cat Lady Award to, and I was nervous it wasn't going to get its uh, fair shake on this podcast, but it absolutely did. You're welcome. And that is The Council. Oh no! I think because the council is the only game that I uh, that I feel like really spiritually, or the game that it feels like spiritually does it the most, right? But what I mean is, I love that game. I love all of the mess that that game is. I love all of the intrigue and excitement that the episode one is. I loved everything from start to finish, even though it wasn't what I expected it to be. And everyone here, as we already mentioned, you know, gave that thing like a meh or a thumbs down. And I would like to basically retract that and give it a gold star. You know what I mean? Like, well, from what I did, I give it a thumbs up, right? Mm -hmm. Because that game gave me so much value and so much happiness and so much laughter and so much camaraderie and so much inside jokes uh, and so much good times with y'all that it's like, that's actually what I come here for, guys. Um, I also like good games, too. But like... I come here to have fun with you guys, and if a game is is because people say that about uh, co-op games a lot, right? Like, well, this game might be fun, but what's really fun is hanging with your friends. And I'm like, have you ever hung with your friends and you don't have anything to talk about? It's excruciating. Um, <laughs> it's nice to have something like a game like this in the background, so there is literally infinite to talk about. <laughs> and I think that's really valuable. So the council this year gets that. Can one I for me. update my thumbs down for the council? To a new rating? Yeah. To a golden thumbs down? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Maybe that should exist. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if I can because... find an emoji for that, but I will try. <laughs> because, like, as much as that game, like, there were excruciating parts of it, and, like, it's objectively, like, yeah. Um, holy shit was that experience just so incredibly worth it and wonderful and 
hilarious. Um, and I don't think the thumbs downs across the board really, um, like put across that, that image that, that, um, that it needs to like have, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think golden thumbs down really uh, yeah. mm-hmm. kind of encapsulates it. Won best it. collective playthrough. It best it did. won best collective experience for a reason because yeah. of that joy it gave to all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just interesting because like, in I... retrospect, it's such a more valuable experience than I feel like I gave it credit for. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's sort of the key, right? And that's the danger of ratings. And that's, you know, why Adam thinks that this podcast should be called The Tyranny of Thumbs, right? Like, all, He won that. He did. He won that. And then he just fucking Michael Jackson danced out of here. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and we just have to live with that name. But uh, but yeah, it's like I, I really do often think about what I value in games, right? And people want to sit there and they want to say, what is the best game? And boy, we might just be doing that right after this. Uh, And you can take that from all different ways, but my enjoyment of the council was just higher than a lot of games on this list that are quote better than it. And um, I think that's really valuable because I come here to enjoy myself um, a lot of the time. And then, okay, yes, I also like the academic stuff too, right? Like we've said that too. And yeah, that's true. Um, but it's worth saying. And and I think that's ultimately something to take in all sorts of media. Like you could take that out to, I mean, take that out to action movies. Like if you, if you enjoy action movies, then it's okay to say that they like something along the lines of this may not be a masterpiece of cinema, but it is something that gave me value. And I appreciate that a lot. Um, and I think like those sorts of things are sort of falling by the wayside as reviewing and metacritic and all these sorts of concepts are just taking over the space people have these guilty pleasures well i actually like this game like for instance like, like fucking life is strange right well i actually like life is strange even though it might be a dumpster fire at times it's like because it gives value it was really fun to play life is strange so i just think you know i want to be the champion of those sorts of games because because you could live in a world where we say well I am only going to play the cream of the crop video games. I'm, and you can exist because they're in that world because there's so many video games now on Steam for $2 on sale that have exclusively positive ratings from 20,000 people and that are 500 hours long. And so you could spend all of your time exclusively playing those double thumbs up, gold star games. Uh, and that's all well and good, but you would absolutely miss some really amazing experiences along the way if you did that. And so I want to be their champion. That's what this award is for, and thank you to the council for that. Okay, so the podcasts that I recommend you listen to, sure, why not? Um, In no particular order, even though I will admit there was a numbered list here, and I feel like, did I number? I didn't mean it to be numbered. I just meant just do five. That's all I meant. (laughs) Which I will note McCoy did six, so he did not follow those directions. I did six, and I combined some series together, and you know what? Deal with it. Um, And so I'm going to start with The Last of Us series. This was technically a side quest, but this is like, this is how I felt about The Witcher, where it's technically a side quest, but it's like, more important and more valuable than the main quest in some ways 
Um, this series was fucking fantastic. It was so amazing to go back through those games and play them back to back. Like that's, this is what I fucking always want for new games is I want to play the one before it. I want to get caught up. I want to be really like fresh with how I think about it. And the group there was fucking phenomenal. And it was just a great discussion. And it's a very different flavor maybe than the main TOT, but it's a very different flavor for a very particular type of game. And if that's your vibe, holy shit, like amazing. Um, and on that exact sentiment i would also shout out the dark souls episode which is again a different flavor um and it's just i don't know like that's that series was delightfully fun and was a huge triumph and it gives me just like you know ear to ear smile or grin or whatever when i hear zoe saying something on the lines of like yeah like i triumphed and i like am more confident in myself as a fucking capital g gamer um now after playing that game but like fuck yeah like that is such a huge awesome thing that you could do in life is to gain more confidence that's like that's what we're all trying to do man like so anyways i think that podcast was just fucking fantastic and it's just wrapped up into this weird side project that i think is just back to front awesome um and yeah okay so let's see return of the orbit in yes i had to shout this one out because this game is f- just fucking phenomenal and i i am scared it'll get shafted this year we'll see this game is just so fucking special i know we're looking at a list of games where we literally say to ourselves like these are some of the best games i've ever played but i want to say emphatically return of the Oberdin is one of the best games i have ever played like it is and a part of it is because it is unique too like there is just nothing even remotely close and and the games industry often does like these like really small steps like ooh they did this one mechanical change to their system so we're going to try doing that but we're going to add one mechanical change on top of that ooh our change wasn't good but then the next game that comes out and it's this like small stepping stone uh situation and this game i've never seen anything within a 40 mile radius of this game in terms of steps are you doing your like review of the game for the game of the year or are we still talking about the episode just 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 out there (laughs) i well i i'm i'm saying what you're saying is great but i feel like this is really good for maybe your argument for game of the year (laughs) okay well i definitely picked really good games also for my episodes (laughs) like i wouldn't i guess that's true i see what you're saying i see what you're saying um but what i mean by that is like Okay, so you take that as context. Maybe I'm going too far into the why the game is awesome. But what I'm saying is, holy shit, this game was fucking awesome. And you get to listen to a podcast where we're all just sitting there fucking dumbfounded at how amazing this goddamn thing was. And that's a really fun experience to have. Um, And I'm trying to sell it because... Okay, so yeah. So if we're really chasing my thoughts, I'm trying to sell it because you could skip this game. And if you skip this game, you definitely skip this podcast, right? So I feel like you have to sell the game first. For you to be like yeah you should fucking play this game and then you should get hyped for listening to us talk about it or something yeah. cool so your walk was a horrible game i won't describe it at all um and then <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's not what i meant <laughs> i know i know i know i know uh yes yes i i will say but it's similar for your walk maybe we'll give a case for it later but the point is that that is one of those games you could very easily miss and i think that podcast in particular is is actually really in depth about the game you know i think we really tried to go really deep into your walk and i think that's really cool sometimes podcast episodes can be a little surface like you know because 
sometimes you can't get it all in a week, right? And we do our absolute best. But this one I think was particularly deep and it did that game justice. And I'm really happy about that because Zoe's mom recommended this game to us and I was like, this would be a really disappointing thing if we just totally shifted this game. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, we were tired this week, so we didn't really play it. So whatever, it was fine. No, we we gave it its due diligence, and that's awesome. Um, cool. Uh, met the Mass Effect series. Um, I mean, yo, it's just straight flames. It's nine episodes. It's a fucking journey. Like, it's just, it's we recorded this on a weekend day so we could all just get trashy, and we got trashy. And it was, it was, it was amazing. Um, and it's just, you sit there and during the deliberations, we thought so often, like, is it possible that we have that level of content? In other words, do we have enough content for nine episodes? Do we have enough content for nine weeks? Do we have enough content for three games? Do you have content, you know, and we were just constantly overflowing with just things we wanted to say and shit we wanted to talk about. And what's really cool about really long series like that is that Nothing gets left on the cutting room floor, really. I mean, some stuff does for sure, but not really in the sense of you could literally be like nine episodes into the series and go, God, that one thing about Mass Effect 1 that I really want to say right now that I've been keep forgetting, and you could just say it. So we fucking, dude, we did it all, that series, um, which was awesome. And then, yeah, other people have made great cases for Hellblade. It was a fucking phenomenal game that took us all by surprise and the discussion around it was really 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 high level and really academic and i think it's one of those things that if if that's your vibe you can't go better than that you can't go wrong so cool and that's why return of the Oberdin is the game of the year (laughs) (laughs) awesome so elena are you gonna do a personal game of the year and then just walk into the discussions with game of the year basically technically i am a guest on this podcast i just managed to weasel my way into the game of the year deliberations because i was here last year and i offered my services as like official podcast Mm. scribe but then have proceeded to make my opinions very known um so i am not gonna do a full like four minute rundown of my favorite game of the year because one i haven't really decided yet and i think we're gonna hash that out in a moment um but i will give a brief shout out to a couple great games um i think now clarify are they podcasts are they games no no, i'm not doing my top five podcasts yet okay i get to do both because i am a guest good (laughs) i want to be a guest (laughs) fuck Um, no so i I mean i made my feelings about some of these games now and i'm actually not going to shout out the ones that i think are going to be in contention for game of the year because i think we'll get to those later um i just want to say on a personal this has been an an amazing year of gaming for me like looking through this list and realizing how many incredible games i've been able to play this year thanks to this podcast and by just like being able to glom on with what you guys are doing um has been really really awesome and i want to give a special shout out to james Because James this year has introduced me to a huge number of games that I did not think I would ever be interested in playing. And I don't think that they're going to win Game of the Year, but I want to give a special shout out to Darkest Dungeon for just blowing my mind and being incredible and being totally different from something I would ever play. It is not a Skyrim-like open world game, and that's typically all I played on my own. Um, But it's really fucking good. And if you enjoy sort of like holding a lot of things in your mind at the same time and 
task management and strategizing and maybe even like multitasking or like list making, you should play that game. Um, and I think same thing with Slay the Spire. I bounced off of Hearthstone because I was bad at it. And Slay the Spire, I have really enjoyed. And that is another James recommendation. So thank you, James. And thank you, all of you, for making my year of gaming so fucking special this year. It's been awesome. Would you say it's been capital G thank gaming? I don't think I'm ready to call myself a capital G gamer yet. Um, I still can't use a controller. We don't use slurs, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, James. But Thank maybe so next year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year we'll use slurs. Okay. That's, okay. Okay. So um, that's my brief guest blurb, but I have also been given the opportunity to shout out my top five podcast episodes. So if you, by some miracle, have clicked on this episode and you have not listened to this podcast yet and you want some recommendations for what podcasts you should listen to, here are what I think are the best ones of the year. Um, Hellblade Cinema's Sacrifice has been mentioned by, I think, pretty much everybody. It's an, yeah. If you've never, if you missed that episode, or if you, again, by some miracle, are listening to this right now and have not listened to other podcasts of this podcast, go listen to Hellblade Cinema's Sacrifice. Um, play the game first. Right yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Gabe, We're talking to you, Gabe, Gabe. You should go listen to it, too. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. It's really good. Um, also, Return of the Oprah Din. It was an amazing podcast. It was an amazing game. It was a really fun crew. Gabe and I got to sit in the same room. McCoy was there too. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. And then, okay, so, so I... so I loved it. <laughs> I, I re-listened to the Mass Effect series, and I picked one episode. Ooh. I do think all of them are great. You should listen to all of them. But in particular, the last episode of Mass... So Mass Effect 3, Episode 3, is one of my favorite episodes. It's like three or four hours long. It's ridiculously long. Um, but it's really fun to hear you guys rap. I wasn't on that one, so this is just pure I like listening to it. Um, it's really fun to hear you guys wrap it up and, like, reflect on everything and just kind of, like, fan service the games. Um, and it was great. The Last of Us series... I loved those podcasts. It was such a great, fun crew and such an amazing way to experience those games. And I feel like if you played those games by yourself and you like didn't have people to talk about them with or you just want to talk about them more, those podcasts would be a good place to go and yeah. listen to them. Like definitely don't find yourself in YouTube comments. It will not fulfill you yeah, and it will not fulfill those like who read it. Don't like go on the Reddit and start commenting on shit. Just like hang out with us for what I assume is like nine hours. Yeah, about and talk about The Last of Us with us. It was really fun. Mm -hmm. And finally, I could not get through this list without shouting out, you need, you need to listen to the council episodes. <laughs> you need to first go to Tyranny of Thumbs on YouTube, watch the council playthrough, be delighted. Then listen to those podcast episodes. They are fucking fire. It turns out we don't, you guys, okay, I'm not actually even on those episodes. I played that game with you guys. I wasn't on the episodes. You guys don't even talk about the game for a full hour and 15 minutes into the yeah. podcast. And it is hilarious and bizarre. And then when you do talk about the game, it is also hilarious and bizarre. And I really highly recommend them as just the trashiest episodes of 2020. We're great about talking about 
gaming news. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I, it is during the gaming news era, which oh I encouraged god. McCoy in, and I, it fell by the wayside, but it's they're okay. really fun. I miss it. Let's bring it back. Yeah, let's bring it back. Listen, all I want to say is that, listen, I know there are people out there that are sitting there and thinking to themselves, but I haven't played the council yet. And yes, you can watch our play, so that's probably the best way to do it. But also, if you're just if you just want to dip your foot in, if you're just curious, you could probably listen to an episode or two and then be like, now I'm curious about this fucking game. What the hell are they talking? Like, I disagree. I think you need to see it because the visuals are both stunning and horrifying. Yeah. The voice acting is horrific and amazing. You have to you have to experience it. What's wrong with your face? Um. Yeah. <laughs> Mother. Mother. Ember. Fragments. Yeah, God, if you it's want all to understand there. all of these memes and more, go check out the council. You need a little bit more context for the what's wrong with your face. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's actually the Star Wars reviews on YouTube. But okay. All right. Um, yeah. Well, there you have it. All right. So, and now, Elena, I also believe you have a presentation. Yeah. Like I got like do. a big section. So I have, we have one last section and I get to do this only because the rest of the people here do not know what everybody else's trophies say. So I get to direct this. Now, I want you, the listeners, to brace yourselves for the amount of ASMR that is about to happen because I mailed these trophies to everybody and they are wrapped in both tissue paper and bubble wrap. So, let enjoy. Okay. This is going to work really well in an audio format. It's going to be really uh, amazing. Bear with us. Okay. Yeah. An audio unboxing. And yeah. I'm thinking we'll just do these one by one. I think sure. traditionally yeah. we'll have you all open them at oh, once if we were together in the same room like they were last year, but this is 2020. We are all quarantined and so... Let's do it. Zoe, we're going to start with you. Nice. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Before we start. Okay. Zoe, stop the ASMR. Gabe. Yeah, sorry. Gabe just said that we're doing an audio unboxing, and that's super accurate. True. Can we put this up on YouTube as an audio unboxing with no visuals? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why the fuck not? <laughs> And then we get to awesome. put all those tags like unboxing, right. and it'll be like you're yeah. three hundred million. But we're also in... unboxing something that nobody else is interested in. Yeah, yeah no one cares. <laughs> but like, they'll get it... interested. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you can't buy this shit. It's so rare, bro. Like, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Collectors. And we'll demand Elena send all of them personalized awards. Okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Actually, on the con- on the topic of you can't buy this shit. It's that rare. The other day, and I'm gonna out this motherfucker. James texted me and said, can I get T.O.T. shirts for my whole family? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, get in touch with Elena. She's the organizer. Also send sizes. And so like, <laughs> so listeners, if you want T.O.T. Oh, t-shirts, God. fucking hit us up we'll, on the Gmail. Yeah, hit us up and oh. we'll uh, we'll set up a store. And if you don't know what they look like, that's totally fine. They're just They're a massive inside joke. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, if you want to see what the shirt looks like, check out our Instagram. I believe there's a lovely video of McCoy opening up his jacket to reveal the uh, T.O.T. shirts. Right. That's an <laughs> unboxing. Stay tuned for flawless playthrough yoga pants. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm already working on designing those. Flawless and hard boys sweatpants. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. it's true. Go. Oh my yeah. god, sorry. Yeah, we I, I we did it in Gabe's, but we have to do it again. Just another shout out for the Star Valley episode. Okay, moving on. All right. Yeah. Hard boys farm. Hard. Come on. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> Are we doing Zoe's thing now? Zoe, yeah. We're going to let her open it. And Zoe, you can either read out your own yeah, trophy or I can read it for yeah, you. Yeah, let her read it, yeah. Okay, I am opening. There's lots of bubble wrap. All right. I have a wonderful trophy in front of me with the tyranny of thumbs. Thumbs up. And my award is the 
What could you do with gloves and a toilet award for playthrough guidance? Two years running. <laughs> Congratulations, Zoe, for being the only yeah. one who knows what's happening in yeah. every game that we play as a group. Yeah, the only guiding light that exists between Thank us God and you just are here. chaos. Because let me tell you something. Now, this might be a little bit behind the curtain, but on a lot of those playthroughs, brothers, we are at our wits end by the end of that because it's like 4 a.m. Mm. <laughs> and, like, and if there was literally five minutes extra of Zoe not guiding us through a puzzle, we would literally lose it. Like James would just Without quit. Zoe, like, McCoy and I would have died in the cat lady. True. Yeah. True. True. Without so, Zoe, I died in the cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's very true. No, yeah, we, we played a lot more group playthroughs this year. And, uh, you know, I did try to come in clutch at a couple times when I was uh, sensing morale was low. So I appreciate this award. I accept your award <laughs> for the award for playthrough guidance. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have I, any yeah, two years running. shout outs? I feel like uh, I would like to thank my mom uh, for giving me <laughs> the logic skills to help me logic through puzzles that can then help me... I don't dispense my wisdom upon these people who don't know how to solve puzzles. Um, and that's like a backhanded uh, award there. <laughs> this is the best kind. Yeah. I mean, you guys just didn't know what to do with gloves in a toilet. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you, we're you the never dumb ones. As a kid? It's actually spoilers. To me, you listen. put the gloves in the toilet <laughs> in order to clog the toilet on purpose. Yeah. For no fucking reason to escape from a <laughs> mental institution. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do think it is really funny the premise that Zoe is thanking her mom for giving her the logical basis to put gloves in a toilet because my mom gave me the logical basis to not put gloves in a toilet, <laughs> but to each their own. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, McCoy, I have a request so, before we do the next award. So. I feel strongly that as we reveal the awards... Or as accepted speeches happening, I, that that the TOT song should be playing quietly in the background. Oh my God. And I know God. that you don't edit this podcast, God. but I have just written down the timestamp, and I will okay. be sending it to you. And yep. I am pleading with you to put it in. Dude, there's nothing like, like, first of all, okay, I accept, but also there is a certain level of. How could you do that live? That's so mean. Like, I'm calling you out. Yeah. Okay. And I've now been I'm going to call okay. out James to open up his trophy. All right. <laughs> this is James ASMR. <laughs> <clears throat> we call it JSMR. Oh, shit. <laughs> we could probably make that a hashtag on YouTube. I opened the bow wrong. Because I was so excited to open this. And uh, now I just had to pull the string whole cloth off, and it's still in a circle. Boy, I'm thankful uh, that mine's just bubble wrap. With a lot, with, Dude. with, you know, a knot there. This would have been so funny if we could have inserted, like, sound effects, like a gunshot noise. Like, Jesus. I mean, there's still time. I will time stamp it. 26. I mean, yeah, McCoy, you could actually edit this. I won't do that. <laughs> oh my you. gosh, look at this award. They're different from last, last year. I tried to go, you know, yeah. similar vibe, but slightly <laughs> tackier. <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. Do you want to read it out? All right. This is the Whoops, They're Scary Again Award for Surviving <laughs> Eerie Games Month. <laughs> yes. What's awesome is that is Whoops, They're Scary Again for Surviving 
eerie games month, yeah. which we rebranded yeah. and proceeded yeah. to totally fuck James a second time. Yeah. Sorry, I believe there were a lot of podcast episodes that had to lead in with me profusely apologizing to James, being like, I'm very sorry, I did not realize the game would be this. Like this. True, true, true. Yeah, and I feel like it's important to note that last year, James also received award for the Fuck This Game Award for surviving scary games month. So I feel like, you know, we're, this is two years running that he's yeah. just really been a brave little soldier. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, I, I don't do good with scary games. Um, evidenced on our YouTube channel. <laughs> True. Um, I don't enjoy them very much. I get scared really easily, and I scream. Um, and we love you for it, now, James. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just, I just, I, I love the rebranding this year of Eerie Games Month, and I love the intention behind it, and I love the sad realization that James was still being torn. It just, it's too good. To me. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good. <laughs> Okay. All right. I yeah. believe it next uh, up. I want to thank. Oh, go for um, it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nice speeches. You want to thank Zoe's mom? Right. Yeah, I want to thank <laughs> Zoe's mom. Um, <laughs> Mama Steam. Uh, just huge shout out. Um, and and Elena for making these awards. Anytime, bro. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Gabe, I believe that you should be next. And Gabe, I'd like to award open your i'd like for you to open your award appreciate it and then i would like to issue a public apology oh shit oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit all right let's do this let me just get a few uh <laughs> yeah yeah the SCEO award for choosing games people actually want to hear about. <laughs> True. This so when we when we look and we have by the way the most crude podcast statistics ever. We can't we don't know anything. That's why we constantly just say if you found us tell us via an email because we have no idea who you are, what you <laughs> listen to, what works, what doesn't. Why you but, listen to us? Why? Yeah. If it's even question. good. Like, all we know, though, is that whatever games Gabe choose, they just get downloaded more. <laughs> like, it's just a fucking rule. Like, if you look at our top ten for this year, it's just exclusively Gabe. And you're like, well, what the fuck, man? But, but yeah. So I give the people what they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He gives the people what they want. He's that exactly. Oof. Nice. Gabe, would you like to make an, accept an acceptance speech? Uh, I would like to thank Elena for making these beautiful awards. Uh, I would like to thank McCoy for giving me a platform. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I would like to thank AAA Games for existing. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, Gabe, I would like to issue a public apology. Mm. It was not until recently that I went back and listened to what I believe were the Mass Effect episodes, but it may have also been the council. I'm not sure when this happened. But in, in going back and re-listening to old episodes, I heard a beautiful quote from Gabe that I cannot believe I did not write down and put somewhere prominent in my life, which just said that, Elena, if you are listening, and I know that you are... 
I want my award this year to be for most renegade. And I clearly (laughs) (laughs) did not hear that and did not make that your award. And I had already ordered this one and I could not get another one shipped fast enough. And so you just have to live with that. That's yeah. okay. I didn't remember saying that. That's awesome. <laughs> I think you could also give a counter award to Zoe for most Paragon. I mm-hmm. think also. Yeah. yeah. Oh my Maybe god. Twenty twenty. Dual dual trophies that you can like kind of like mesh together and then break apart. Oh my god. Oh, like oh those my god. heart necklaces. Wait, 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 wait. wait Holy so, 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 shit. so, so idea. this is what it is. This is what it is. This is what it is. So Zoe's is a is a blue thumbs up, right? Like the fucking Discord emoji we have, and it's most Paragon. And then Gabe's is most Renegade with the red thumbs down. Think about oh. it. Oh. <laughs> Guys, I'm on it. I'm writing it down under my merch ideas category. Right, right next to the sweatpants with flawless on yeah, the with, ass. So also sweatpants <laughs> with hard boys on the ass with radishes on the side, eggplant in the front. <laughs> God damn. Okay. Okay. Right. Can we also make a merch that says, McCoy, thanks for giving me a platform. Yep. <laughs> we just send it to Adam. <laughs> All right, reasonable. Right. Reasonable, yes. Last but not least, McCoy, you also have an award. Oh, shit, that's it true. It is right here. I also kept yours wrapped in bubble wrap, even though we live together, because <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> okay, let's see. So That sounds like it took some effort. It, it did. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching him with a lot of concentration in that. Yeah, you know, comedic timing was had. The Trash Takes Award for spewing the most trash takes. Thank you very much. Hell yeah. Simple. So deserved this year. So deserved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't believe that hasn't been referenced here that much during this part. I was actually expecting it to be like, like referenced when I was like, yo, I think Hades is the most disappointing. And I expected it to be like, simmer down with the trash takes. They're coming up again. <laughs> I mean, we still have best game to go. We could use it then. It's we true. Do. It's true. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. When you try it, and cut Hades from best game of the year. Yeah. Trash exactly. Takes. So I will just say in context of that joke, because we're kind of explaining some of our jokes and pointing back on different things that are references to shit and like saying go watch the council because apparently that's where literally all of our jokes are from. Um yep. but like, yeah, the trash takes one is hilarious because there was a review that someone left that says, Why is McCoy allowed to well sorry, sorry, the header line was yikes, period. <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> and then it uh ends with why is McCoy allowed to spew so many trash takes and it was a three-star review and we joked about it on the podcast anyways that person ended up writing in and saying like oh hey whatever like I actually love the show whatever I was like just whatever and they said it was like a nice thing um but basically like in our communications with them I was like please don't get rid of this review because it's so funny (laughs) like Mm -hmm. please it's so funny like you have to for the sake so anyways you might be able to see in our iTunes reviews that this award where they they updated it to five stars because they're a kind person but at the same time it still says the text of it because it's just damn it's it's part of the history now it's even so. better with a five star review though yeah, yeah. five is. star review why is McCoy allowed to spew so many of his trash takes <laughs> it's part of the TOD <laughs> war yeah that's exactly what I'm trying to say yeah. so that's awesome and now we have a trophy about it so thank you is that um, your acceptance speech did you do you want to shout out anybody else yeah I mean I just like I don't feel like I need to shout out to people who made the trophy or anything like <laughs> no i just want to i actually seriously if we're gonna do a shout outs um i want to shout out every individual person on this podcast including the people who did guest recordings and everything like seriously what makes this podcast what it is is every fucking person here and it's just like it's just fucking awesome and you know i sometimes have uh maybe like wistful eyes or something when i think about like it's a fucking Sunday. 
And we're just sitting here with microphones shoved in our face with headphones and shit. And we're taking this game of the podcast year thing that no one else would ever do. Seriously. Game of the podcast. Like, it's just like, this just is like total nonsense. And yet it's exactly what I want to do right now. And I'm just thankful to all of you for doing it with me. And thank you to myself for giving me a platform to spew my fresh takes. <laughs> right. Right. And thank you to the listeners for listening. And I hope you enjoy it. Um, because this is what it exactly is, and I assure you, we've tried to make it better over the past two years, and at this point, I don't know if we can change anymore. Um, so, <laughs> anyways, lovely. I think, are we ready for the the main course here? All right, main course, here we go. We are, we are ready. The official TOT game of the year. Now, one thing we'll mention in this category, we are going to try to narrow it down to five. Wow. And then we are going to do a top five and Ranked. see which will win best game for the Tyranny of Thumbs game of the year. So, let's do a rundown of all the games available in this list. We have Firewatch, Return of the Oberdin, Undertale, Stardew Valley, the Council, Gorogoa, Detroit Become Human, Hades, World War Z, Gears 5 Horde Mode, Downfall, Year Walk, Valorant, Call of Duty Warzone, Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3, Golf with Your Friends, Ori in the Blind Forest, Lorelei, Into the Breach, Faster Than Light, Darkest Dungeon, Slay the Spire, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Campaign, What Remains of Edith Finch, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, Phasmophobia, Observation, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, Among Us, Mirror's Edge, Life is Strange, Superhot, and Cyberpunk 2077. Also, there are some side quests that we did. Whether or not we'll include them in the game of the year list, I guess that's, you know, people will need to probably bring some cases into this. Um, I think we want to usually keep it into stuff that, you know, the majority of us have played. But for those in the running that we haven't mentioned before would be Animal Crossing New Horizons, Last of Us, Last of Us Part 2, and Dark Souls. And then I wrote down in fucking scrawl that I can barely read Warzone. Uh, but at some point, I, I, that's on I the mentioned list. those. It is on the list. Is that not yeah. the care campaign? If you check the Google Doc, we okay. updated it. Oh, since if I printed it. If you would just it? go to the live version, Ooh. which I keep updated at all times as resident TOT scribe and secretary, it has those. Mm-hmm. As the scribe and secretary, you printed this list for me? <laughs> <laughs> just watching. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So I know last year when we first got into best game, I think we just literally did a first rapid fire going down the list. If we don't think it deserves it, we exit out zero questions asked. Are we willing to do that again this year? Okay. What if we did go around the list of people and everybody gets an ax? Oh, but you can argue with somebody if if you don't like it. Well, of course. But I mean like... um. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. James gets an axe. I get an axe. Or were you thinking going down the list, like Firewatch, question mark, Return of the Oberdin, question mark? What were, what were you thinking? Basically, I was thinking I'd go down the list again, hmm. and if we think it should be kept, someone should speak up. If not, we're axing it. Okay. 
We need people to speak up, though, is the yes. main thing. And I will say, by the way, guys, um, when something gets cut from this list, this is your last chance to say anything about it before it's gone. So if you want to give it a shout out as it goes, this is your chance. I know we've had a lot of shout outs for a lot of different games from a lot of different angles, but but this is it. It gets deleted from gaming history. Yeah. yeah. Once yeah. we've played it, it's... We know, it gets removed done. from the Steam it's store, done. Humble Bundle takes it off of their list. Like, like we have some big influence here, guys. Mama Steam cuts it. Yeah, from the exactly from the library. Okay, so let's start. Let's start up. So I mean, we start with some pretty heavy hitters here. So Firewatch stays. I it stays. Return of the Oberdin. Yep, stays. stays. Undertale. Gone. I'm willing to cut. (laughs) Gone. (laughs) The first casualty. Stardew Valley. Honestly. Gone. I think great I'm game, to... but I think it can go. Yeah, I, I feel like it yeah. needs a specialist added of like this is a game that like is definitely in my top five to ten games in my own heart, but I don't think it's game of the year. Indeed, this game gives me so much joy in life, and I really never expected it when I got it off of a Steam fall sale like three years ago that I would really ever log six hundred hours into this game, and here we are. So, thank you, Stardew Valley. You're gone. <laughs> I just want to note, Zoe, that as you and I were like waxing poetical about how much we love that game, McCoy had already crossed it off and was like giving me a face. <laughs> no, the face was this. I think the council stays longer than Stardew Valley. At least oh, in this crew. for sure. <laughs> Sorry. I don't think it stays group. to the end, but I think it stays longer than this cut. Goragoa. Gone. I love that game, but. It's a great game. Gone. Do you want to say Beautiful. anything positive about it? Because all it, I've heard about Gorogoro so far is that, yo, it was pretty, I think. <laughs> it was colorful. Well, so so the thing um, is, Gorogoro can be played on your, on your iPad or your iPhone, and the puzzles yeah. are really innovative and really cool, and it's also just a visually eye-pleasing experience. Like, I, I had yeah. a lot of fun with it. It was, it's a good zen game, you know? If you just want to, yeah. like, sit down cozy in your bed and you just want to look at something prizzy, pretty and do some puzzles... Play Gorgoa. I think you'd like it. Agreed. Yeah. Detroit Become Human. Gone. Gone. I think it's gone. David Cage, you are improving so well in your story games. Except that you're uh, not, because if Heavy Rain was on this list, not. I would say keep it. <laughs> no. No. Damn. <laughs> okay. All right. Hades, I am going to ask to keep that one. Or keep it. Sure. World War Z. Best game. Let's go home, guys. Yeah. The game Gears 5 is specifically the horde mode. Yeah, Gears 5 gone. specifically horde mode. I think that's gone. Yep. Downfall. I love gone. Where Is My Wife. Gone. I love that that gave me high school trauma of uh, rounder than most uh, bad <laughs> jokes. <laughs> 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 oh, well, there it stays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait a minute. Downfall did create some memes. Okay. All right. But all right. It did. Uh, year Walk. I kind of want to keep Year Walk a little bit. That game, sure. that game I, I do want to kind of keep it up there a little bit longer. Um, Mass Effect 1. Oh, get that thing out of here. Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Oh, nobody wants to defend that. I've made my I case for Mass Effect. Mass Effect 1. Yeah, I made my case already for Mass Effect One. I love the world building. I when I met the Elcor specifically in the Citadel for the first time, and they have those like ridiculously dry lines that they tell you, but they explain their emotions mm-hmm. via like, "I'm upset with you," or like for a good example is like you're arguing with one and you put it on the back foot, and it's like flustered, 
how could you say that about me? It just <laughs> fucking, it tickled me, man. That's fucking rad. Drink. Um, it's and good. so. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, but like, I'm not going to be the one to champion Mass Effect 1, am I? So. I'm not going to champion it either. I just want to say, like, I, I was on the podcast for those games. I just watched McCoy play them, and I, re- I really enjoyed Mass Effect 1. I was, like, intrigued by that story the whole way through. I, I think it delivered on what, like, Gabe and McCoy had promised to me it was going to deliver in terms of just, like, being a really cool game. And if, yeah, I really, I really liked Shepard, the character. I liked the characters that you meet in that. I liked the ending of that game. I thought it was good. I'm going to delete it now. Fair enough. All right, Mass Effect 2. I would argue that stays a little bit longer. I I agree. I think I want to stay a little bit longer. Mass Effect 3, though, I'm willing to cut. Me too. All right. Yeah. I think that kid is the reason that it gets cut. Uh, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I I, I actually (laughs) think, like, like, Mass Effect 3 has... Why am I making the case for this? But I just want to say, like, yeah, like, it has, like, a lot of stuff in there that that I actually think is just kind of, like, bad or whatever um, that you really notice. But, like, when set expectations properly, like Gabe and Matt did for us, saying, like, hey, the ending was, like, a like a fiasco or whatever. But, like, I, I liked them at least really actually trying to tie up a lot of shit in this game mm-hmm. in a way that, yeah, sometimes we, we sit on a council podcast and we're like, well, what did happen? To... Oh. Right? <laughs> and, like, they didn't do a lot better than that, but they at least, like, fucking at least did something for, like, a lot of shit. Remember that one report? You, you at least had your She's goodbye here. messages with all of your friends and whatnot. Yeah. I also think, <laughs> as we cut Mass Effect 3, really special, strong shout-out to the Mass Effect 3 DLC yep. that the we Citadel. played. Yep. The Citadel yeah. DLC is, I think, one of the better DLCs I've ever played. Um, yep. It was really cool having played the whole series to get to play that dlc and like have a beautiful yeah. sending off party it was really um great fan service i think they it was funny it was perfect yeah and like mm-hmm. i think it's actually spiritually perfect for us as a podcast too to have that dlc because in we think of the mass effect series in parallel with the bioshock series from the year before and the bioshock series also had one just absolutely fucking stunner dlc mm-hmm. as well and it just feels like, God, it's so good. I don't know how we do this in the future, but can we somehow pick a series that has one fan service DLC that's straight fire at the end of it? Horse I hope armor. we can. God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah. And and you, you guys were saying Morden is Mass Effect 3, right? That was, that was what people were saying earlier? Or is that Mass Effect 2? Morden's in Mass Effect 2. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. okay. You're squad well, main 2 and then... But he's also his but, but ending. But his is in demise, three. yeah, okay. his demise is in three. Spoiler, because <laughs> but that actually, shit. What are you talking about? That yeah. that's a this whole this whole deliberations is gonna have spoilers in it, dude. But yeah, anyway, exactly. <laughs> okay, sorry, this is yeah. like game of the year deliberations. We will spoil every single game on this list. You know what I wish we do? We should because because our game of the year is so bizarre. We should just have a game of the year where it's like I don't know the title of this looks really cool. Like the image they pick for the cover <laughs> of this game looks really great, and like the reviews on the back say <laughs> best game of the year. So I think we should just go. With oh my it. god, next. <laughs> Next year, next year we should have Adam submit to us like twenty indie games that he found like in the depths of the internet, and we have to like vote which one is the best out of those. Being like, hmm, there's this one game, Starseed Pilgrim, like (laughs) best game hands down, best game. We should return to that song. You guys said you were gonna play it for your hundredth episode, and I feel lied to. Yeah, well, look, you can't hold us to to things that Uh, we say. Exactly, I completely (laughs) agreed. Especially All right, golf with your friends. 
game of the year? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. All right, cross it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. I think we're okay to yeah. axe this one. I do want to give my own little special shout out in that this game, or maybe just give a shout out to, or, or, or just, I guess, a recommendation to people. If you're scared of platformers or you think that platformers are not for you, you know, and, and the whole realm of difficult platformers just doesn't seem like your style, give Orion Blind Forest a try. Um, I was in that camp with you, but this game really is a nice entry-level hard platformer, I would say. And it is a joyous, yeah. well-condensed experience. And I'm going to say, when I first played this game, uh, I played it through, I beat it, and then I immediately started it again. Mm. Like, within two weeks. And I do that with zero games, <laughs> basically, other than this yeah. one. Yeah. So... Do you yeah. want it to stay on here a little bit longer? Like, do you want it to make it through the first pass, James? I think we're honest with ourselves, and I don't think it does. This is a brutal I mean, first path, but. Yeah, I mean, it's like. Compared to other games that have already made it through the first pass, absolutely. But, like, do I think it's going to win in the end? No. Let's have so it go I'm, through the I mean, first pass. Let's have it go through the first pass for posterity. Mm hmm. <laughs> I cannot wait for the zero discussion cut of this gameplay because we're just going through it. Like, oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sure, sure. But, like, Fair. there's going to be a lot of those. We've yeah, been adhering to kind of, like, a spiritual ordering of, like, this game deserves to stay on longer than some of the other games. And so I think we leave it there and we'll cut it when its time comes. Yeah. All right. Lorelai, I think we're good. I fucking love I this game, good. but okay. Yeah, but... <laughs> All right, Into the Breach. Into the Breach, truthfully, amongst our group, did not really land in the way that I felt like it landed to me when I first played it. I think it has a way, way more value than we give it credit for, but that being said, this is TOT's game of the year. So I think mm -hmm. in that context, Into the Breach is gone. I mean, it's just yeah. gone. And I think with that, Faster it's a really Than Light cool probably game. also goes with it. Yeah, that I didn't I enjoy. <laughs> yeah. I would just say, like, guys, like, We've slowly started to bring up this concept of archoning, which is almost like the word lol to me, which I kind of hate the word archon, but here we are. And I'm even a StarCraft fan. I just fan. like that I know what it means. Yeah. You know, listen, there's the small victories in life, but um, but yeah, like it's- Elena just cut a game that we didn't even talk about. Wait, I did not. Oh, I said, I said with it faster than light should go. Oh, okay. With it. Oh, okay. 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 I just take my yeah, directions from Zoe. Whatever Damn. she says goes. I know. And you got to be careful with that. Faster- I just want to shout out Faster Than Animal Light. Animal Crossing New it's Horizons. It's a cool game, game that we're about to cut. <laughs> it doesn't deserve it. Yeah. It doesn't deserve this. No. no. It's Fast a great Light. game. Fast and Light doesn't deserve it. But like, tell us about why it's a good game so we can feel okay about cutting it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it was a really awesome uh, kind of entry to the roguelike genre for me. Um, it has a lot of really cool innovations that have made it into tons of games that I would play over it at this point. Um, and I mean the the designers went on to make Into the Breach. Yeah, 
that we just cut. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oof. You know, I do think there was a game last year that um, Adam rated as well. Adam refused to use the thumb system, but I recorded his rating as being mostly of historic import. And I don't think Cave that story. Sure. Okay. Sorry. What am not I important about? to my story? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, but I, I think that so faster than light. I think is like not that game. I actually think fast. I've played a decent amount of faster than light. I think it's really fun. Uh, I think it's really frustrating, um, but really fun and really special. But I, I agree with what James is saying too. That like I feel like a lot of what faster than light did in terms of like roguelikes and some of I'm not really sure about the rest of it. But I feel like it's very much a game that is like of historic import when we think about some of the games that we've really enjoyed. I've really enjoyed this year that have been roguelikes that I didn't expect to like. So I feel like it, it deserves mm-hmm. a strong shout out. I don't think it's going to be game of the year or hang much farther than this. Um, but yeah, it's a cool, it's a really cool game. It's worth checking out if you've never played it before or seen what it is. Yeah, and I actually want to add on top of that. Uh, I played this in college many years ago, and I remember very clearly how far I got and how much success I had and what mechanics I liked and didn't like, and then proceeded to go back to my multiplayer games like League of Legends or whatever. Or story games for that matter, but those were sort of my niches at that time. And I played this game recently and had a lot more success and a lot more appreciation for well, different ship styles. And Raphael gave you his save file. Okay, why you gotta do it brother like that? <laughs> <in the game? laughs> but no, but what I mean is, people need to I mean, know. I wasn't claiming I 100% of the game because I got his save file and I unlocked all the Steam achievements, which it totally did, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's not that. It's it's just uh, before that. I mean, I I appreciated more other styles of ships than I ever did before. I had more success than I ever did before, and I was able to measure myself against the game in a weird, cool way. I was clearly better at this type of game this time around than I was back then. And I think that's cool. And I can recognize that some people might have been as good as I am now at this sort of game back then. And they might have enjoyed it a lot more back then. Um, but it's just an interesting thing to note. But yeah, sure. Not for us, right? Like, it's 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 it was awesome. Also, space, Raphael would say if he was here. Space. <laughs> um, but I think we'll let that go. Right. But right. will we let go yeah. Darkest Dungeon? I love that game. I'm like, I'm in the same camp of, of Elena where it's just like, I played the hell out of that game. Uh, and even even after the podcast, I was logging in a ton of hours with it. Really enjoyed it. Never expected that I would enjoy an experience like that. Um, But I think I'm okay with cutting it. I'm yep. okay with cutting it if we keep Slay the Spire. I think that's really reasonable, given the tra- the trajectory reasonable. of these two games, and I think all of our lives. Like Darkest Dungeon, was like a hot, torrid romance in which like I played a lot of hours of that very quickly, and it was steamy and amazing. And then I discovered <laughs> Slay the Spire, and like Slay the Spire and I have been we've like been going steady Confidence for some time now. As the enemies crumble. Yeah. Right? Anyway, special shout out, best narrator of the year, Darkest Dungeon guy. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our own little personal yeah, 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 yeah. award there. <laughs> Incredible. But I, if I we think... could give you a TOT trophy, we would, narrator. Yeah, guy. if you want one and you're listening to this, like just email us at tyrannyoffems at gmail.com and I will hook you up. These trophies are tacky as fuck, but they are beautiful. <laughs> they are trophies. They are. Yeah. If you yeah. want to see one, check out the Instagram. We'll post them up there. Yep, mm-hmm. indeed. All oh. right, I'm cutting Darkest Dungeon. Sure. 
Yep. I gave I talked about that game. I think it's really amazing. But Slay the Spire, I think, deserves we'll, to stay we'll here. That. Yeah. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Campaign. Anybody who wants to keep this? No. No. But. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, great, uh, great game, great campaign, but I don't think it needs to be Game of the Year material. Yeah. But I think it's really cool to think that it's actually very important that we played this game, I think, this year. And I really appreciate Gabe, yeah. Gabe bringing it to the table because we've had discussions already about how Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the game itself, um, which is a very weird game for structurally, like logistically for the podcast to just choose the whole game. So we kind of broke it up. We did like Warzone at times. We did the campaign at times. But really, like if you're just a person out there, you can just buy them all together. You know what I'm saying? And you get the multiplayer too. And it was like, defining in the space in the multiplayer genre i would say in the way that the shooting felt and in the uh battle royale genre as well subsection of multiplayer so both those things were like cutting edge and it's like oh and you get this campaign too which is actually pretty darn cool and it's like that's what this package is and when people meme on call of duty not this one this one does not deserve to get memed on this one memed on other games <laughs> So I just think that's I mean, fucking it's, it's true. I mean, I, I had a very negative mm. feeling about Call of Duty games going into watching the campaign. And I, it's like, I still won't play a Call of Duty game, but I, I at least have a newfound appreciation for it that I think warrants, you know, a shout out. Yeah. And actually, after playing Call of Duty, um, it's been a real struggle to go back to like first person shooters that I've played in the past just because the shooting just feels so bad in comparison to like Call of Duty um and like Valorant shooting is a completely different thing but right. yeah just shout out to that engine they did a good job they did absolutely all right all right what remains of Edith Finch? Keep I it. think we're keeping that. And then yeah, it's a, it's a first round. unofficial brother, yeah. uh, Vanishing of <laughs> Ethan Carter. Dude. Vanishing <laughs> of Ethan Carter, I think we're okay to cut this. I think as well. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, like, just in case this isn't abundantly clear, these two games are inseparable simply because we not only played them together, but we played them together probably because one of them is what remains of Edith Finch and the other is the vanishing of Ethan Carter. They are like identical titles <laughs> despite me. And yep. they're also walking simulators mm -hmm. right in their own right. Right. But then in the genre, they are like diametrically opposed. They're nothing alike. However, like before we played them, these were like the same concept in my head. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's like a little bit true of all of us. So I'm sorry, Vanishing with the Carter, but you could not escape the comparison to What Remains of Edith Finch. And in that comparison, you're nothing. Like, yeah. you're awesome. But in that comparison, yeah. you're nothing. It was a rough back-to-back -back for you, Ethan Carter, there. Exactly. And I just want to shout out that I do think that the over overall story of the Vanishing Ethan Carter is actually a very poignant and a very beautiful one. Um, there is... There is some jank in the game in the sense that, yeah, you're going to have to deal with zombie miners <laughs> and you're going to have to deal, I guess, with like puzzles that could be frustrating. Um, 
But I think the overall story that that game tells is surprisingly poignant for what it was. But you're right. It, it, it could never live up to Edith Finch's honking shadow that was cast over it after we played that game. Yeah. I'm sorry. I couldn't think of a better word than honk. No, no. I think it was the perfect <laughs> word. You were like one step away from word. using the internet word chonker. <laughs> you know, just like. <laughs> I don't know what that one means, but I like it. It's what they use but for anyway. cats that are fat. Oh, big cats. Yeah. No, no I've yeah. seen this on the internet. Yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Goodbye, right. Ethan but goodbye, Carter. Ethan Carter. Yeah. Phasmophobia. Anybody want to keep this on the list? Like Please for me God, personally, no. yeah. But for this group, really, no. I just want to point you've never played this again, McCoy. So I have not played this again alone. But like, if McCoy you first... likes this game in the same way that Adam likes uh, the fucking the game we just mentioned that I can never remember. Darcy its name. Pilgrim. Starseed yeah, that one. So no, that's so not true. <laughs> I like No, it so is true. No, no. I like this game because I think this game Okay, good, 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 good. I should You be like this game cases. ironically. No. No. Like you like you like, no, the I like this theory game, behind this game. No, 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 no. Well, yes, also. But I also like the execution, actually, believe that or not. Um this is a How? game that requires buy-in from the user. In the same this is the game that, that requires the user to bend over backwards. Yeah, including like the buy-in. Like, like, the buy-in is like ten million dollars. Like, <laughs> like yeah. you you have to. McCoy loves bending you over have backwards. To, and ten million dollars. <laughs> no, it's, I, you're right. Though. In order James. to enjoy this game, you have to like, you have to like play upside down, like hanging from yeah. the ceiling, like. With somebody like poking at you with a stick, okay, but you, you can't don't see to them because you're also blindfolded. James, but yes, like <laughs> no, but and you need to reinstall your audio drivers like 19 times in order to get the in-game chat to even work. It's true. that is also true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so you're upside down, getting poked with the stick while there's candle wax like dripping down your body, and then you need to say, "Oh yeah, here's my admin password." Yeah, okay. So try to uninstall. So say, you go to Steam, you right click. Like, James like describing like POW torture. And McCoy's yeah. like, I love this game. Well, I thought he was describing it doesn't matter. Listen, guys, the point is okay, yes. I see what you mean. <laughs> to me, what it's all about the context, McCoy. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's that's something to think about in contexts other than now. Um <laughs> but yeah, like, okay, so the case for this game. This is a game, I actually think this is very similar to Among Us, actually, in the premise that Among Us says to you like okay actually among us in the way that we played it now requires a lot of things to be done and house ruled that aren't actually in the game for instance by the way fun fact guys among us doesn't even have voice chat in it but if you played it without voice chat um in our group of 10 it wouldn't be nearly as fun as reading people's lies with a quiver in their voices so it requires you to use discord in the right way the right way not defined by the game Unless you think shh is defining enough for you for those rules. Like that's the most that they do to define that you should be quiet during the middle sections, right? Like it, it is there, but you have to house rule the rest of it. So I actually think Phasmophobia, having watched people who actually enjoy this game play it, um, it requires a lot of house ruling as well. Um, or at not just house ruling exactly, but you need to give the game buy-in. For instance, you need to use its in-game voice feature, which does... Uh, 
It has two things. It has the walkie-talkie, which is everyone. It has the positional audio, which is actually in the game. So you can talk to someone who's close to you in that actual room. You need to turn the sound up so much that it scares you. You need to. It is not a debate. It is not a discussion. You cannot be on open mic Discord with your friends. This is not that type of game. And you need to surrender yourself a little bit to the premise that this game is freaky. If you sit there and think of it mechanically, and for instance, we saw this, right? We saw this with certain people didn't like Layers of Fear because they weren't scared by it, but they turned the brightness up on their monitor and they were on Discord with their friends, right? I mean, that's like a meme here, but the point is that that's not giving the game buy-in. No game is going to be scary because no game can actually kill you. If you turn the lights up in your room and you whatever, okay, I know James in particular can be scared by other games. And it actually is really interesting that James in particular was not I scared was, by this game. I turned four specifically layers of fear. I was on Discord with other people and the lights were on and I still screamed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Like that's success in a scary game. So yes, but I think... After we played this game, the group of us, and I then, and, and we did it blind, and the tutorial was terrible, and it was really hard to understand what we were supposed to do, and unlike Among Us, we had not seen other people do it successfully. I had watched Barkiplier do it a little bit, a little bit, and it turns out he did it the worst possible and had zero fun, and I thought that's what the game was, but I since then saw groups that ran this game, what I would say, correctly, right? And I now know if we run this game another time, I could scare people more and be better at running it. But I didn't know that at the time. And so I see in this game way, way more potential for a certain particular type of person. And it might not even be us. And that's probably why it gets cut. And it definitely gets cut. But I have seen the person this is for. The person who is really into ghost lore. The person who doesn't mechanically, programmatically, immediately understand the game and is allowed to just be scared and allowed to just be frightened by the creativity and the ambiguity of what's possible. And this game has a lot of that going for it, and it's actually really rad. It's just we didn't Drink. get there. You're right. Um, <laughs> you're right. So so I just wanted to make that case that like, look up some people on YouTube that play this game, that love this game, and you will see really beautiful shit. Like, you will sit there and go, oh, my fucking God, that looks like a really good time for you and not for me. But I want to give it a shout out for that. It's it's not as James says it in my eyes, where it has zero value. It has value, but not for James and potentially not for me, but for people and for the people that I've seen it. It actually has a fuck ton of value. Like modern they Western ghost game. lore is just the least interesting thing to me, just on an aesthetic level as well. Yeah. yeah. And that's fair. Probably to me too. Well, you've spewed your trash right. takes. Thank you. I think it's time to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. All right. Observation is next mm. on the list. There was so much that was really cool about observation. And there were a few things that I thought were not that cool about observation. But I totally think it deserves to stay in round one. All right. Okay. And we cut Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. No, I believe Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is going to remain on here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, Among Us. Stays. I think it should stay. All right. Among Us is staying. All right. Mirror's Edge. Any takers? No. I do. <laughs> preemptive delete. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, Mirror's Edge is my, it, it's, it was my first like real PlayStation game I ever played. Um, You know, because I, I, my PlayStation games con- consisted of DDR, uh, Hot Shots Golf. Uh, I'm sure like Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, but I couldn't get past like the first level of it. So I never played banger. it all the way through. <laughs> Yo, shout out um, to that game though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also had that I've game. played it again. I'm sorry it's you great. couldn't get past the first level of that. I never actually owned it. I just watched friends play it, but that game was sweet. I, I think it was because there's a certain section, and this is a tangent, but there's a certain section of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets at the very beginning where you have to, like, there's this, like, really creepy guy that's, like, chasing after you in a store and you have to, like, avoid him. And I was just too scared to play it as a as a child. <laughs> so I never got past Fair. that section. Um, but yeah, Mirror's Edge was the first, like, real game that I played that was, that was story-driven, that had these really cool free-run mechanics to it. Um... And like playing it now again, it shows its age for sure. Uh, but there is that just just that little bit of nostalgia that's still there for me. I think I gave it a thumbs up, and that thumbs up still stays. Like it is, it is my nostalgia. Um, I, I don't know. I I have very fond memories of Mirror's Edge, but that is all it is now. They're just memories. Also, like in a world where like we meme on this fact, but like the high school discussion that you were next to is yo there's a blue big titted fucking alien like the main character in mirror's edge is a strong female character like in a real mm-hmm. sense Who is and that was like really early in gaming's history and i think that's fucking rad so exactly. i like yeah yeah all right life is strange it's gone, isn't it? I was going to say, yeah. I think it's gone. Mm-hmm. That silence spoke yeah. volumes. <laughs> I felt like it was a really fun game to play together as a crew, and it was an enjoyable experience, but I do not think it's in the running for best game. Yep. Yeah, I think that's where we're at with that one. Yep. All right, super hot. It's gone. I actually listened to a great podcast. This game uh, is sick. This game is sick. Oh, this is the James. most innovative shooter I've ga- played in years. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Real talk. Real talk. No, it, it's really cool. It's really awesome. It really makes me want to buy a VR headset really badly. Yeah, yeah <laughs> fuck yeah. I really, I totally agree with that. Um, there was a Game of the Year podcast I listened to from also Giant Bomb many years ago where, where Jeff makes a particular case that essentially this is like his favorite game ever. And he made such a stellar case for this game for just being like, essentially like he is one of those guys that I hope he never hears this because this is like my assessment of you as a human being. But like he's played games for so many fucking years, like 20 or 30 that like he at some point has seen it all, you know, and that's his strength on that podcast is being like, I've fucking seen it all. But he was like, this was a really unique twist on a genre and it had all these extra added elements and and it also let me go back to my family life. Like, when I wanted it to. Mm. And I think he makes it a fucking amazing case for this game. Um, that being said, like, we're not going to do that. It was fun. Mm-hmm. We're thankful. Yeah, we don't have families. It's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. 
Does Cyberpunk 2077 deserve a Game of the Year award if we haven't finished it yet? It's that good. <laughs> I mean, like, it's what's weird is that, like, I I totally hear that from the technicality standpoint, but I also look at, it's like, it is better than, I've had a better experience with it than I have some of these cut games. Put it that way. Like, but but it's- The it's cut games or the uncut games? The cut games. Yeah, but that's okay. why it could also be cut, and it could go hang out with those other games. <laughs> yeah, or it could be like one God. step above. Like guys, I, okay, 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 okay. Let's give a case for Cyberpunk before we toss it, right? Okay. McCoy, yeah. would you say you've had a better experience with Cyberpunk than you did with Hades? Yes. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, I actually really, 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 really like certain aspects of this game. Mm -hmm. And I really, 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 really hate other aspects of this game. Um, Like, I really liked uh, Keanu Reeves' character. His delivery is exactly what it is. Um, And sometimes that's fucking flawless. And sometimes it feels like it's not. Uh, And that's okay with me. Like, I really like the way that they took a sort of like CD Projekt Red compared to the Witcher 3 they ha- they like to like let you the gamer like in on like the meta of the world like what is the character thinking what's their intuition and this guy is a really good personification of your intuition and i think it's a really past act 1 where he is fucking in your head doing all sorts of crazy shit i like love that I love his perspective on the game. I love his perspective on all sorts of shit. Uh, and I just think it's it's really cool. And I'm like, oh, look at this. Here's a fucking cool game in here, in there. Um, but I don't think I can get further than saying, this game treats me like my work email does, <laughs> where it disrespectfully <laughs> emails me at all hours of the day with shit that they call urgent. Like, this shit is... It's it's chaos. The inventory management is chaos. Like like the best I can tell you is that at fifty hours in I know how to manage this shit. But I don't want to manage this shit. I just know how. Right? Like I feel like we all can say, I figured out how to enjoy this game and actually I am. But the fact that you have to figure out how to enjoy it, like it it reminds me of all these pay to win games and shit that's online right now where they're like, well, you can grind the first 20 levels for free, but then between level 20 and 23, there's this really large slowdown, which is totally fine if you want to grind it, but you can also pay us $10 for an XP boost. And I'm like, so you're telling me I can pay you to fix a problem that you made and gave to me. That's what we're doing here. I am paying you to solve your fucking problem. This game, it doesn't make me pay with dollars, but it makes me pay with, pay with brain cycles did. and time. It's a $60 game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it makes me solve its problems with just like some real trash. Um, but I'm curious to hear it. Like, let, let some other people jump in on this game. I feel like a lot of people have thoughts on whether or not this game survives further in this section. Or not. I'm thinking. Zoe? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I want to cut it only because I, I can't. And I. For me, I'm more I'm more black and white where I'm just like, I have not finished this game. Therefore, I cannot conclude whether my experience has been 
game of the year worthy or not. Because yes, there is a lot of this game that is really cool and I like, but then there's a lot of this game that I'm like, this is janky as hell. (laughs) And, you know, yeah, like there's a lot of bits about it that are messy. I mean, and and I'm sure, you know, I, I feel like once I get this game completed and I'm able to like actually ruminate on it and like totally see it for what it is and for what it offered to me, only then will I be able to truly... I don't know, consider it in the running for this. But I think that time is not now. Yeah. Pause. So could you, your Discord's, did anyone else hear that? I could barely hear that yeah. section. I'm yep. hearing that. Yep. Could you quit and come oh. back and see what's up? Oh, oh okay. Yeah, right I, time time. I got it. I've got both of them. Thank you. Can you hear me? Maybe. Yeah, it's better. Soliloquy again. Okay, soliloquy again. Uh, just starting from why, whether we should keep Cyberpunk. This is sounding better. Yeah, this is much better. Yeah. Uh, if oh, you want to do okay. that section again, maybe that's best. Okay, yeah. I can just say, you know, Cyberpunk itself, I, I, I'm more black and white and that I cannot definitively say whether or not I can consider Cyberpunk to be Game of the Year yet because I have not completed it. Um. I, the game is showing a lot of promise in some areas <laughs> and a lot of, un, the opposite of promise, a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of the other stuff in a lot of other ways that game shows. Um, and I think it, for me, when I think about a game of the year, it's a game that I have just ruminated over and really given it a lot of thought for whether it truly deserves. And this game just does not cut it for me right now. I think like, when we talk about this game next week, maybe it'll be like in somewhat of a, like an honorary like, yeah. hey, this game is actually really fucking awesome. Yeah, but it's not now. Can I? I totally mm-hmm. think that's reasonable. Just quickly picking your brain specifically, like from what you've played so far, like what I just qu- like quickly and condensely like, is this a good game? Question mark. I think the story is really hitting well so far. I am really enjoying the story of it. Um, I think I'm coming to the conclusion that there are elements in just the cyberpunk genre in general that I just don't really personally like. Like, I, I really don't like worlds where women are just called whores and sluts casually. Like, I, I complained about it in Life is Strange. I'm going to complain about it in cyberpunk, but I understand, you know, that is just what cyberpunk and the world of cyberpunk is about. Um, But so far, like the story has really surprised me so far. Um, You know, I, I hate Johnny as a character right now, but like, I hate him in the sense that it's just, but I think I hate him in the way that I think the game wants you to hate him. It's not like this is a trash character. It's like, God, you are just an asshole kind of character. As in his character so. is effective enough for you to have an actual response to him, not just his execution or his inclusion. Or exactly. His writing. Yes. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm with Zoe, though. On I, I feel like this game has both great parts and not so great parts. And I, I think that right now I don't know which way I think the scale is going to tip. And so, like, I would, I wouldn't feel comfortable putting it, like, really seriously in the conversation for a best game, or even like knocking out 
most of the other games on this list because I don't yet think that I know which which way it's going to go. And I feel like I need to know that to figure out how I feel about it. Um, that's my stance on it. So there's no regrets. I hate that. Amazeballs. <laughs> oh, why? 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 Oh. Okay, James Gabe, you guys are vibing with that? We cutting this thing? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I've I've been really enjoying my time in that game, but... Yeah, me too. I too have not finished it, and I've been doing a bunch of side content stuff, which it's a lot of fun. But yeah, me too. Yeah, I haven't finished it. And I don't think anyone here has finished it, and there are the glaring issues that we have discussed in length already. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Let's cut it. We'll Ten- talk about that next week on our third <laughs> week of Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Although, like realistically, like mm-hmm. honestly, like who the fuck knows when this comes out? Like, is it? Is it has? Is, is the third Cyberpunk podcast already out? Well, that's probably up to not. you, McCoy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Probably not. Right? It's it probably better be out before yeah. that. Fuck. Yeah. All right. So how I want to treat the side quests is because I I, I kind of said at the top, you know, if, if we feel like there are some side quest games that should be in this contention, I think instead of going through and cutting, I think what needs to happen for side quests is for someone to nominate to move up into that list. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Sure. <laughs> Thoughts? Okay. Feelings? Yes, um, sure. I will nominate Valorant. Okay. Wow. So brave of you. I know. Thank you. Shocking. <laughs> thank you. I'm, and I'm down to nominate and I will second that time. nomination. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to hear at least James and Mai's take on that. And potentially Elena's. And fuck it. Potentially Zoe's. And fuck it. We'll get Gabe's too, even though I know I'm not going to like it. <laughs> 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 like, that's fine by me. So I'll nominate that one for sure. Okay. Right. I've moved Valorant up. All right. I think... Uh... I'm going to I'm gonna put Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two up there. Yeah, I feel like they they have to. I think the conversation about whether they can make it to the top of this list, given I don't know, but I think they need to be in that. They're really good, basically. Right. I second your movement. Yeah, whether they'll make top five, and maybe they won't make top five because we want to keep it to games that we've all played. Who knows? All right, so fuck it. If we're doing that, then I'll put Dark Souls up there, too. I was going to say, like, I feel like okay. Okay. Dark Souls has <laughs> to make this list, even though it'll get interesting. But So that leaves, you know, Animal Crossing and Call of Duty Warzone off to the wayside, it sounds like. Animal oh. Crossing. Oh. 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 You know, I'm going to nominate Warzone. Nice. I don't expect it to win, but I'm going to nominate it just for the fact of, like, it's had an impact. Um. On this year, on tons of players, it's gotten a lot of people who weren't into Call of Duty into Call of Duty, so I think it at least deserves some acknowledgement. Sure. Right. Yeah. And put I some respect that, on the name. Yeah, we can put some respect on those names, and we can cut Year Walk or In the Blind Forest. Wait, wait, are you fi- wait, 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 wait. Does anybody <laughs> want to nominate Animal Crossing? Well, so I, I'm Animal Crossing. The thing is, Stardew Valley got cut. And Lord help me if Animal Crossing makes it. I know, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I'm, I'm really enjoying my time with Animal Crossing. I, 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 I didn't mention this. I think yesterday when we were talking about best recent game, Animal Crossing got cut pretty quickly. 
But I just wanted to also shout out, like, Animal Crossing has been a great way for me to connect with my mom and sister as we've been distancing. They both got Switches, they both got Animal Crossing, and we've just been, like, in, we've been visiting each other's islands and, like, trading art together and, like, watering each other's flowers and we they had a Halloween event that was going on that we all attended together and uh I I think Animal Crossing has brought together a lot of people um and I don't think that should go uncounted for I've I've really been enjoying my time with it and it's been very special especially just in these more isolated times to uh to be able to spend time with your loved ones uh, if, if you can't see them in person. Yeah, and um, actually, I bought the game a little while after release, not too long after release, uh, with my brother so that we could do a similar thing. And um, about a day after we started playing together, the Easter event happened. And good God, was that event trash. Um, <laughs> there was not a single thing that looked even remotely like something I would want to like make or put on my character or anything. Holy crap, it was all disgusting. I believe um, the Easter Bunny was a thing of nightmares. Yes, I do believe yeah. that. <laughs> and um, so we bounced off it pretty hard. <laughs> so okay. it's not... You know, like, I was excited to try the game, and uh, I tried it. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I guess if we're going to, like, talk about our experience, I also played, as I, Matt and I did the Animal Crossing um, side quest that this is in homage to. That's how I got on this list. And um, I really bounced off of Animal Crossing hard. I think it was uh, partially just, like, a, a Chris crisscross it was a um bad setting up of expectations on my part where i had been playing stardew valley for several years and loving it and i'd seen animal crossing and heard it was like this amazing thing and i honestly thought it was just going to be animal cross it was just going to be stardew valley and i was gonna be able to farm and when i found out you couldn't farm in that game uh i was disappointed Mm. but then i also just i bounced off a lot of like the really gamey elements of that game like the you know like catch it's just there's so many things like your cell phone's constantly buzzing with like things that you need to do every day to get points to pay off your house loans and like there's this weird deeply capitalist raccoon who's like you owe a lot of money to (laughs) um but a lot of the mechanics in that game just struck me as being unfun for me personally like i didn't have any interest in like fulfilling a lot of the goals that the game set out for me to fulfill and I never managed to find my own fun in that game. Like, it, uh, for me, it I didn't have things in it that I was, like, really invested in doing. I wasn't super into, like, making my house beautiful, which I think those are the successes that other people have had with that game. I think they've enjoyed those parts of it. Um, and I just didn't. And I kind of just bounced off of it. And that was my – that's my experience with that game. But Yeah. All right, so we have whittled down the games list now down to 16 games. And from these 16, we will pick five. So I guess now comes our second round of maybe there's games that we just wanted to pass the first round, but we're willing to maybe start axing them, you know, for the second go through. Um, But just for you listener out there right now, these 16 games are 
Firewatch, Return of the Obra Dinn, The Council, Hades, Yearwalk, Mass Effect 2, Ori in the Blind Forest, Slay the Spire, What Remains of Edith Finch, Observation, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, Among Us, Valorant, Last of Us, Last of Us Part 2, Dark Souls, and Call of Duty Warzone. And James and is for anybody down. counting out there, that was in fact seventeen. Oh, seventeen! <laughs> oh, Jesus nice. Christ! Nice. I can't count. Okay, <clears throat> it's okay. I counting is not what's required. Yeah, and the number anyway. of games that are left were not the important part. <laughs> it is greater than five, and that is our problem. Um, I yeah. was actually just going to. I know this is a little behind the curtain here, but I was just going to ask the human beings among us here: Do we want to take a five-minute break before we de- dive into this, or are we good to go? I think that's an important question. Is that a secret? I need a five-minute break. I uh, I would I would be okay with it. Um, Was it a secret? I would get more by water? mentioning the words "among us." I said the words "among <laughs> us." <laughs> I'm just trying to get that into people's brains. No, I just think like this is a this is a powerful list. Like this is a thing now. Um, Let, let's go through. Let's go through one more pass, and then I okay. think after one more pass, when we really have to sit down and really start fighting for stuff. All right, I'll do it for you. Let's Your walk. Break. Or in the blind forest. Well, okay, oh, well, okay, well, okay. Well, okay. Well, okay. Slow down. <laughs> Easy, bros. Easy. I mean, am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. Well, so I, I was gonna say, like, I, I, I didn't hear walk, I would. Your walk, I would agree. Like, I, I just wanted to pass the first one, but I but also because I just really want to emphasize just what a gem this game is. Yeah. Um, it it is a very short. It's only about two hours, two to three hours. Uh, mm-hmm. short, beautiful, story-driven experience. Uh, that. You know, if, hey, if you're looking for just a quick hit of something that would be enjoyable, check out Year Walk. But pay attention and write things down. Yeah, pay attention, write things down, <laughs> have a journal, a physical journal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. All right, cut. Yep. And also, like, we almost didn't play that game like 19 times in a row, and I'm glad we did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mass Effect Except 2. All the jump Is that another one that was called out? I did for... not call that one out, but I'm, but hey. This might be a little Freudian slip here. Are you trying to call this one out? I mean, I I think so. Okay. Okay. Like I said, the series, you know, I like I, I didn't said, speak out for me, but for Mass Effect in a positive way. How dare you, James? I mean, yeah, it's the goat to some people. <laughs> it's a fine it's a fine series. It's like it's better than I like I felt like I needed to be more harsh on the game on the on the games uh during the episodes than looking back I really I guess feel like it deserved but that's that's not to say I don't think it deserves game of the year like yeah it's good but it's not as good as other games yeah that's totally fair. I, yeah. Yeah. This is a game where, like, this is down to the conversation of what I was talking about earlier in terms of, like, academic game of the year versus, like, the one that stole your heart. And, like, this did not steal my heart per se, so I'm not the one to make that case. But if the people here who loved this game and loved this series feel like it should be cut, then, boy, there's nothing left but to cut it, I think. Gabe, do you want to say anything about this before it gets cut? This is your goat. Um, 
I mean, I think at its core, it's a fantastic game. It's a great series. I think Mass Effect 2, well, I did say Mass Effect 3 had more like emotional kind of like roller coaster moments for me. Uh, Mass Effect 2, I think, is just a great kind of like middle chunk of a bigger story. Like the way it starts and then to like this buildup of like from the very beginning, you're like, we need to strike at the collector's. And the whole goal is just getting to that point from like building relationships to getting the things you need to preparing to then actually going through that, like through the point of no return to go to them. And then that whole journey of getting through like the collector base and like potentially losing people along the way and making like kind of like in, you know, in the moment decisions and potentially having bad outcomes. I think it was like a nice kind of intense experience. I was wrapped up in a nice little bow there. Um, but I mean, we we enjoyed our time with it. You know, it had its time to shine way back in the day. Uh, and I think now, you know, there there are better contenders out there now. Can we cut or in the blind forest? It's already been spoken for. That's what I think. It's awesome for what it is. Yep, I think. Okay. 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 I feel the same way about observation, where both or in the blind forest and observation are exactly what they should be. However, they're not my game of the year. The end. Yep. That's all the easy cuts I'm willing to make here, unless someone Dark else wants to. Dark Souls. I think yeah, I think Dark Souls maybe needs to. Horrible game. It, it 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 has its it has its special shout out, and it's been a very special experience this year. Um, like I said, yeah, I've, I've for had two a lot people. of growth, growth <laughs> as a gamer, and yes, and it's only for two people though. That is the main true, thing. True. True. So in that regard, can we say the uh, same thing for Valorant then too? No, shush. Um, <laughs> Dark Souls has been an awesome YouTube series to watch. Uh, I continue not being able to say words. Um, He's that. It's been moved. an awesome YouTube series to watch, but like we didn't even play it for the podcast, right? You know. Yeah, I know. I think that's super fair. I. I would not say it's an easy cut, but in that context, technicality-wise, yeah, it's an easy cut. I want to make a case small this time for it. We've made many cases. I just want to say, look, this is one of the most influential games ever. And we've played a lot of influential games, so, like, holy shit, it might not even... Like, it's like, what Mm -hmm. the fuck are we even doing? This is, like, such a nonsense exercise. But, yeah, this one defined, like, difficulty valuable difficulty for me personally Mm -hmm. this game gives me the same feeling that i feel when i clutch in a multiplayer game but it gives it to me in a single player game one that the stakes are not as high one that it lets me try over and over again if i need to one that 
um, has all these other exploration elements and cool like story stuff. But like, trust me, that feeling when you throw the controller down and you're like, holy fuck, I just got that. I never thought I would. When you have no more Estes left, your back's against the wall. You hit the seven rolls perfectly you needed to and you hit the three strikes you needed to on a boss that was handing it to you that whole time. That is what multiplayer games are trying to give to you. But multiplayer games, because of the way that they're balanced, they every time you do better in a multiplayer game, they're going to put you against people that are slightly better so that you can never chill again. You can never not just give 100%. If you ever one time give 95% to a multiplayer game, you can never give less or else because it's trying to give you opponents that are exactly at that skill level. And so it's just this endless grind so that you eventually get a 50-50 win rate and you're trying with every fiber of your body to win and you're still just getting a 50-50 win rate. But that's not true with Dark Souls. With Dark Souls... It allows you to, if you're trying with every fiber of your body and you are training, you can actually start dominating this game and you earn it. And so it's like it's like a game that's designed to reward the same type of mindset you would use in a multiplayer game, but they respect and love you a little more along the way because you don't have to beat people in order to do it and they don't have to balance both sides. They let the bosses die sometimes and the bosses don't go, well, that was total bullshit. I can't believe you put flame on your weapon. That like We should nerf that shit. Like, that doesn't happen. They let that happen because it's a single player game. And so that that's kind of what this is. It's, it's the single player game. That's they let still... you use the halberd. They let you <laughs> use the halberd, which is total bullshit. It's not balanced. It's not fair. But yeah, it's like that's what I mean. It's like this game still holds up in a world where I get that intense high for multiplayer games and multiplayer clutches. And it's because it's just difficulty is designed so fantastically well. Um, and this is the type of game that if you pair it, if you play this type of game and also multiplayer games are this type of game that if you play those sorts of games, I mean, James, you've experienced this year, this year, where you're like, I've clutched in Valorant a couple times. I'm not even sure if I had fun with a game this year other than that. Like, it'll do that to you. Um, but this yeah. game you can still have fun with. That's what I'm trying to make, even in that case. Okay. Yep. Fine. I, I hear your case, and I think that, like, if we were doing, like, best games of all time, the Dark Souls would potentially rise to the top. But I just think in the context of best game, the official TOT game of the year, I think that, unfortunately, yep. Dark Souls yep. just disqualifies itself. Yeah. And I don't think that invalidates how you feel about it yeah. and the experience that you and Zoe had. I just think that it, it just like it unfortunately. I think it invalidates be. that. <laughs> James would like to invalidate your feelings. Reasonable. Yeah. Cut it. Speaking of invalidating. <laughs> okay. Um. Well. Okay. Invalidating. So, um. No. Call of Call of Duty Warzone is the one that I'm thinking about axing mm. from this. Hmm. Fifty million people would disagree okay. with you. <laughs> I know, but TOT is not fifty million people. True, true. But it's okay. not. <laughs> okay, so next round of cuts: Call of Duty, Valorant, Last of Us, and Last of Us Part Two. I mean, Council. do we just do we cut the here's side? Here's a case: Last of Us Part Two. No, this is the cop out case. Okay. But by the way. Maybe last that's where we us, are. Last of Us Part Two. Last of Us, Last of Us Part Two. Not everyone played them. Yeah. Right. right. I think that these side quests present a problem when we're looking at something they called do. the official TOT game of the year. Because while many of us played these and had amazing experiences, and 
I, you know, I don't know. And I think that we tried to design the category best, whatever we call it, actually recent game to help shout out these games. And I feel like Last of Us Part Two and Valorant and Call of Duty all got their, their shout outs there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I, like I, I have a hard time looking at them on this list. I just want to make a quick well, note, exactly. though. If we're going by, like, that ruling, but, like, not everyone played them, that brings up an issue for... Hellblade and Edith Vinge. That was I know, your fault. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. I was, I you was say like, no, I and I've like, I've talked to McCoy about this before. I agreed to yeah, do this. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't. And I said I didn't want to be like the one person who didn't play the game when everyone's like, "This is game of the year." So I didn't want to be like, like, "Well, actually, like you're a special case." I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. I I think. Uh, and 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 the thing is, like, I think the. With bringing the side quests in, I think it was under the intention that maybe they get axed out from me being true. considered top five. Because yeah. I think, you know, they, yeah. they've they've been great. It doesn't, like, like Elena kind of built McCoy up with the Dark Souls thing. It does not invalidate any of our experiences that we had with these games. Because games like Last of Us, Last of Us Part Two, games like Valorant and Call of Duty, they were really awesome games to play this year they absolutely boggled our minds they they entertained us they made us feel horrible emotions at times in uh-huh. some cases but then also made us feel some very wonderful feelings all the same thing and so this is like the swan song for these side quests for these for these few four the real tot Valorant, game of the of year us. friendship <laughs> <laughs> are you are you saying Among Us is number one? I would never. <laughs> what if it was just friendship? What if we cop out to that level? Like it could happen, you guys. Like, but okay. So then the way I want to see this go down is I want to cut Warzone. I want Gabe to give us a case for it as it goes. Mm-hmm. I want to cut Last of Us Part Two, and I want Zoe to give a case for it as it goes. Elaine, if you want to follow that up, that's fine. I may say something along the lines of like reiterating your point, but with different words. Okay, um, so you're gonna steal my point. I get it. Well, <laughs> reiterate. Um, <laughs> I think we can also maybe all do a really quick one for Last of Us. And then for Valorant, I specifically want to hear James and I and Elena's. And even Zoe's. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, Gabe's take I, on it. I have, I have something I would like to say yeah, about yeah. Valorant. So, so we're giving, t- I think we give takes, but we start the axing. It's, it's swan song time. Yeah. Gabe, let's start with Warzone, yeah. Warzone. Tell us why 50 million people think that this game <laughs> is the best. Okay, well, I would not say the best. That was pure <laughs> so, memeage. Uh, starting out strong. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, you know, in the realm of Battle Royale for me personally, there, I've always played like brief kind of like expeditions into Battle Royales. Um, and normally they only last like a month or so because like, you know, the same kind of formula. You jump out, you go in, you fight for loot, you die, rinse and repeat. But Warzone was the first one where it truly had lasting appeal to me. And I played it for longer than a month. I played it for like the whole year. Um, And it was really nice having the polished shooting mechanics. You know, there's other issues to go into and all that, like glitches and exploits and all that, yada yada, that comes with any game. But the polished shooting mechanics that we kind of touched on for this year's call or last year's call of duty um really helped kind of cement it as a enjoyable experience for me and made it feel smooth like i could actually control my character control all that and made it really feel responsive because like playing apex was pretty good but it kind of bored me after a while and then PUBG, i hate that game with a passion 
it controls like anus. <laughs> it's the worst thing yeah. ever invented. Um. So yeah, because like when Black uh, Black Ops Four came out with Blackout, their uh, battle royale, I didn't play it because I hated um, Black Ops at that point. But I was very intrigued of the idea of a battle royale with the Call of Duty engine. Um. So now that it came out to this degree, I was like, yes, awesome, gonna try it. Really enjoyed it. Stuck with it for a long time. You know, played it with all sorts of friends from my own, like, personal crew to playing with you guys. Had a blast always. And the fact that it was also free was, like, kind of, kind of groundbreaking. I mean, Apex did it too, but, like, free for Call of Duty. That's, like, unheard of. So, with the Call of Duty name and it being free, that's, I think how I was able to reach so many people and so many people at least tried it and a lot of people enjoyed it. So I think it has, it commands a little respect um, in the year of 2019, 2020 and it being just an awful year for everybody to stay at home and play video games. But, you know, in the end, I don't think a battle Royale deserves game of the year. So that's why I think it's, it's had its, you know, time in the spotlight, but it can be axed. Gabe, is it true that Call of Duty Warzone has transcended Call of Duty Modern Warfare and they're just sticking it into the new Call of Duty 2? <laughs> yeah. Like, I heard there's some contention the there, the but yeah. One. It is going to be the place to tie in all the Call of Duties down the road now. So it's going to stick around and we'll see how that plays out for better or worse can i also say this is the first call of duty game i've ever purchased mm. oh man that means something i never owned a call of duty game and then i did this year yeah it's crazy that i got and it's because of warzone yeah. we got james and mccoy to buy like call of duty itself and we got zoe to play warzone so i consider that already a win yeah yeah <laughs> and it was fun dude and like the like, it was fun as fuck it cannot be understated like how much they learned from previous battle royales in terms of like the inventory management yeah like you were talking about this but holy shit dude it's so much easier to actually just do what you absolutely and i remember talking with you mccoy when blackout came out like you and i were both just like why is this not free yeah like that just makes so much more sense so i'm glad that they kind of took that to mm -hmm. heart yeah absolutely I, yeah. I actually really want to play Warzone again and I really want to play Search and Destroy again. Now that we've spent so many hours in Valorant and we're so much better, I want to take like the crew in Valorant straight to fucking Warzone. I think it'd be super fun. Let's do Mid ground. It. Yeah. <laughs> Just an option to consider Siege. Ooh, I would love that as well. Cool. Because they've reworked it. Oh. I've been playing it. It's smooth as hell. Mm. It's better than it was. Yeah. Siege is a terrifying game to think about in the context of Valorant because Valorant is a like yeah. game that is about uh, minimizing chaos as in I saw them on the left side of the map so they can only be these three places in the next 10 seconds period whereas like <laughs> Rainbow Six Siege just like he broke through the wall and like <laughs> just like fucking he rolled be in anywhere. Like, like, like the fucking Kool-Aid man and so it's just crazy but, but hell yeah cool alright Call of Duty has had its swan song. Next up. 
Last of Us Part Two? Let's do Part Two first. Okay. Buff women, am I right? (laughs) Oh (laughs) my god. Well, I was just gonna start out saying The Last of Us Part Two. Either you cringe when you hear that title. You feel pity when you hear that title, or you think of an awesome game when you hear that title. I feel like this game has gone through the ringer throughout 2020, and it has probably had the most polarized reception that I have ever seen a game have uh, upon its release. And whether that's due to the leaks that were done beforehand or not, it's up to you. But I think one thing can be concluded from this, and it's that Naughty Dog had some big shoes to fill after the success of The Last of Us, and they came into this wanting to make a second part. And I think, if anything, as silly as it sounds, is that they really wanted to make you feel emotions you never thought you would ever feel in a video game, and they wanted you to feel them strongly. And I think that's the reason why they made the decision of having a beloved character like Jewel die within the first three hours of the game. I think they wanted you to feel that anger. They wanted you to feel that pain. How can they take this beloved character of ours and just slaughter him in front of us like an animal? They wanted you to feel that anguish. They wanted you to feel Ellie's anguish in that moment, and they wanted you to embody her as she seeks out her revenge against Abby. And yeah, throughout the first part of that game, you are on that tirade with Ellie. Let's get this fucker that killed Joel. What the fuck? Let's go get her. And then Naughty Dog does the unthinkable, where it has you go on your revenge quest, and then suddenly it holds up his hand and he's like, wait, no, no, hold on a sec. You're there, you've confronted Abby, but let's roll back three days and have you play now the perspective of the killer. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, that is fucking gutsy for a game to even dare put that hand up and say, hold on a sec, let's take three steps back. The Last of Us Part Two is one of the strongest I don't know, the, just one of the most amazing experiences of a video game I have ever felt that has made me feel so goddamn awful in this goddamn yeah. awful year of 2020. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, I leave that game just feeling so thankful that there is this medium in which I can experience a story like this one. Where I can go into a situation saying, God, I have to play this fucker that killed Joel. But at least myself, I can come out on the other side feeling empathy for somebody who's killed my beloved character. I don't have to like Abby. I mean, she's got muscles, am I right? But anyway, <laughs> but like, <laughs> we're all jealous. True, true. But, uh, you know, th- there are qualities of Abby that, you know, I still am just kind of like, you know, God Abby, you're so unlikable. Why do I have to play you? But at the same time, the game had me feel empathy at times. And that, I think, especially in this day and age, feeling empathy for another side is rare 
to come by. It's so easy to want to be on the quote-unquote winning side of things. You want to be on the Ellie side constantly. And the fact that it has you embody this character who is already at the disadvantage of you never knowing her from the previous game yeah. and still having me be able to feel even a little bit of empathy, that's already knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Um. It was just an amazing experience. I... I think a lot of the hate it has, personally, I feel is unfounded. And personally, I think it comes from people who just honestly wanted to stop at they killed my favorite character. How dare they? This is a personal tactic against me. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's some other differences or maybe there's some other qualms. And maybe legit or not, you know, the thing is, I think the story that they needed to tell was a beautiful one at that. And I, I just say there, there's a reason why it won so many awards this year. And no, it's not because Naughty Dog paid everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all I'll say. Yeah, it's not. not because of that. It's because this is a goddamn beautiful game. And I realize I've just been, I've, I've been monologuing and whatnot. And I haven't left any room for Elena or McCoy to maybe chime in or whatnot since you guys have played this game too. But, but thank you for doing that. That's mm-hmm. what you're here to do. And that's what we're here to... That game deserves that. Did you want to say anything? Can I add something, though? Of course. No, no, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I agree with everything that was always said, and I don't I don't want to add a lot. But I just think... Um, I, I Again, like, getting ready for Game of the Year, I was going back and listening to some of our old podcasts and in collecting our ratings. I was listening to the end of the Last of Us podcast and kind of our preparation for playing The Last of Us Part Two, mm-hmm. um, And I... It really resonated with me having now played The Last of Us Part Two. We were all saying is that one thing is that the The Last of Us Part Two never needed to exist. The Last of Us is arguably a perfect game on its own, and it never needed a sequel, but they made one. And um, my biggest hope, and I think it was echoed by a lot of us on the on the podcast, and our, our biggest hope was that this game, that Last of Us Part Two, was not mediocre. That whatever they were going to do, that they really went for it and they went big and they tried to make a game that would live up to what we all felt was the really incredible special experience of The Last of Us. And I I think in that context that they succeeded, that they for sure did not pull their punches with Last of Us Part Two. Um, they... It was obviously an incredibly controversial game. They did a lot of things that people did not like, and they did a lot of things that were very unexpected. And uh, but I also think, obviously, they don't get points for just for trying. But I appreciate it that they that they did go big and that they did try and create a follow up that was worthy of The Last of Us. Um, and I also think that The Last of Us Part Two deserves some recognition for. I think using um, the medium of games in a way that I think is new and different and pushes the envelope. I think that um, the AI design in that game is incredible. And new- is that what you call it? The little, the other people, the the yeah. enemies, right? Yeah, the, like sure. the way that they call each other by names, the way they interact with you and with the world is really. Um, they clearly put a lot of time and energy into that, and I hope other games see that shout out to cyberpunk um for not having that but i think also i mean as zoe was saying like the they made you play the other side and they made you be that person and not only feel empathy for for that person but 
execute on her actions. And I think it's, I can't overstate how smart I think that is and how much I hope that other games are able to do that well, where they made playing Abby and playing Ellie for that matter and killing people feel really impactful and bad. And I think that so many video games killing people feels on, even in Last of Us, one, I think that a lot of the killing in that game feels like, and it's another, we we shoot him in the neck. And yeah. I think in Last of Us Part Two, it never felt like that. It always felt horrible, pretty much. Um, and in particular, in some of those story moments that are really heavy hitting. Um, and I just think it's, I don't know, it's an incredible game. In any, If we had all played this, this would be in the top five, I'm pretty confident. And it's going to make a lot of Game of the Year lists. And I, I agree with Zoe that like it it deserves to be there. This is a yeah. really special game. And call it a cop-out. I'm glad we didn't all play it because I don't want to fucking compete yeah. this game with other games. And maybe the way we did this, it'll never compete with other games. And we've just run away from that Beautiful. fight. And we just got to do that. Um, and on that note, Last of Us Part 2 gets games of the Game of the Year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, um, I don't know. All right. Because I want it to aesthetically. Yeah. And I will just like say really, really and, briefly. And like, hurt the gamers. Right. <laughs> hurt the gamers. Really briefly, I would just simply say that when you were talking about the hype behind, like the moments of they're releasing this game and we don't know what it's going to be. They didn't need to make it, um, but they did. And so we're nervous. And I hope it's not mediocre. Mm-hmm. And when you were saying that, I couldn't help but feel like I don't feel this personally, but that's what motherfuckers were feeling with cyberpunk. Yeah. Right? Like the Witcher and that studio sat in their soul in a way that maybe Last of Us sat in our mm-hmm. souls. And so that's why the internet went aflame for both of these releases. And to watch Last of Us Part Two be contentious for the game is one thing. But can you imagine if Last of Us had been contentious for the glitches and for the not polish but i feel like that was our nightmare scenario and Mm -hmm. in the nightmare of 2020 i feel like at least we avoided that yeah like last of us released and it is it's really good yeah and and the so the other thing is like i just i i did want to like just underscore like yeah the way that they make you which is everyone saying Mm -hmm. they make you feel for both sides like that's kind of like a really old school like when i was 10 they told me that they told me, and I, I and I mean that in no, no denigrating fashion. I mean that is in like that was one of the core tenets I grew up with, which is like just try to have empathy for people, would you? Mm-hmm. And we live in a world where you can go online right now on Reddit, and and I'm sure you can do it right now on your phone and search our all, and they will say someone somewhere, whether they be celebrity, politician, or whatever else, they can say is literally Hitler. That's what they will put on the internet and it'll be upvoted by 30,000 people. This is a premise that just exists in our world now. We just love to demonize someone to the nth degree that they have no redeeming qualities whatsoever. And this game does not tell but shows the depth of character and humanity in what you might consider a villain if you saw it one way. And that's why it's so fucking devastating to me is because it humanizes every single side and then every single side loses. And so there's no winners. There's no uh, heroic Star Wars victory where we destroyed the Death Star. They're, you know, that, that subreddit Empire did nothing wrong where they're trying to like mm-hmm. empathize with the Empire and all this shit. It's like, that's a fun joke, but this game was like showing every family of every member of the Death Star before you blew it up. You know what I mean? Like that's what this game is. And 
that really hurts, but it's also a really powerful thing in human existence is like understanding empathy for all sides is really hard, but it's really devastating and that's why it's hard. But wow, this game does it. It does it. It doesn't just pretend. It does it. So, okay. Bye, Last of Us Part 2. I feel like the one thing that this game did wrong in a lot of gamers' eyes is it made you look at things from other people's perspective. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, if that's the thing that it did wrong, it's doing something right. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think... Again, if you want to, if you want to like really hear us talk about it, go listen to those podcasts. They're really good. I, I think it's a masterpiece of a game. I think it's flawed. I think it's a masterpiece. And we're gonna cut it from this list now. Okay. Because I didn't play it. Yeah. <laughs> James is just like he's just huge. It's my fault with power. Fuck that game. Yeah. Fuck that game award. Okay. All right. And with that, we're also gonna be cutting The Last of Us yeah. for some reasons. And I, I feel like. Also, the only reason I didn't play this game, these games, is because I don't have a PlayStation. And also, we were literally playing them at the, at same, the same time as Mass Effect Three. You guys, that is also that true. was some that of the most. In, that was like the most intense month of my life. Was when I was we were playing Mass Effect and Last of Us at the same time. Yeah, we were logging. Just it was like a, it was like a full time job. It was awesome. <laughs> and only after in that wake were people like, you know what? We we started out this year with three hours a week, and I think I'd like more games to play. Like, just like we just wanted to fill that with more stuff. Who knows where that'll go? But it's just like, yeah, it was an ins- I mean, literally, like, I, I, I just I, – I play a lot of fucking video games, bros. Like, and I rarely burn out. Um, in fact, playing video games is what I do when I burn out. But, like, this game – brought me to my fucking knees like we were oh my god i was like am I, did this game actually kill me like it actually killed me and like for maybe weeks afterwards it maybe did mm-hmm. like i was like maybe i should go outside <laughs> like fuck like what and do McCoy i do never now? goes outside yeah exactly <laughs> um anyways okay so i don't know if to last say of us, goodbye to the last of us yeah i don't know if it's cut for the same reasons but sure it's cut too uh, this <sighs> Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, this game just, it gave you attachment to characters in a way. Like, I feel like sometimes when people talk about games and characters, they're like, I love this character. And you're, like, sitting there like, I'm really happy you love that character. I don't understand how you could possibly even remotely identify with that jumble of pixels. I don't get it. But, like, this game was, like, they were really trim. And this is very much in contrast to The Last of Us 2. Uh, part two they were very trim with the characters that they presented to you in this game the last of us and they just fleshed all of them out um and specifically like there's two tiers right there's ellie and joel which get infinite fleshing to the point where you're like oh my god it's been 30 hours and i'm still learning things about these people and they're growing and i'm watching it and then they just have a a bunch of side characters that they show for just long enough to develop and then just long enough to rip away from you um and it's just amazing it just shows you like less is more from a character standpoint like you really got to go into the relationship between those two and it just felt like every other game is faking it right like they just it's just like they're not even like 
like it's every other game is telling and not showing compared to this one it felt like like oh like i am having trouble with my deceased daughter is what they say on the top of a mountaintop and then there's a character and then they like i don't know we like write essays about how like maybe that's happening that's other games but this game you're like watching it happen like it's i don't have you don't have to make like rhetorical essay like connections that are like barely there to see all of the amazing intricacies between these characters and and their development they were just showing it to you on screen over the 30 hours and it really did i feel like define like narrative and and it felt human and real what about you guys anybody else like the last of us think that game was okay yeah this game's easily in my top five games of all time I think it's incredible. I think there's a million things it does really well. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't even feel like we can't do it justice here in like a little moment. So I would just say like it's it's one of it's one easily top five games of all time for me. It's a really incredible game. If you haven't played it, you should go play it. Um, it's really it good. shaped a genre for a reason. You know, it it changed the course of narrative games. I think forever, and it's. It's narrative decisions, I think, have shaped how other games approach their own narratives. Uh, you know, the, the game has a lot of influence for a reason. Yeah. And, like, yeah. we talked about this in narrative experience, but, like, it's so, so easy to be, like, well, actually, the story of The Last of Us is just, and then you simplify it down to, like, the cliff notes or whatever the fuck. But, like, no. The difference is that when, when you see Joel tumble out of that second story of the hospital and in, get impaled on a spike uh, or whatever the fuck, a piece of rebar or something, and you're not sure if he's dead or not, that is a story beat that you could put in any game you want. But it lands here. It hits different mm -hmm. because you give a fuck. We had to like take a breather the first mm -hmm. time that we played that. It was, yeah, this game's really good. So, like, this is a great example of the story is great, right? But also, it's it's not about just what the story is. It's about how much you connect to these characters. And that was the, the next level of depth this game achieved. Yeah. All right. Well, goodbye to the last of us. All right. Finally, for the side quest swan, swan, swan song, we've got Valorant. J Money, e. hit us with it. So, when this game came out, I was playing a lot of Call of Duty. Um, and McCoy was like, I hear that you're loving Call of Duty, and like that game feels awesome to play. But, like, the kind of player that you are, the way that you think about the game and the things that you enjoy about that game, I think you should check out Counter-Strike. And then he said, except there's this new game coming out called Valorant, so maybe we should just check that one out instead. Uh... And it turned out that was the right choice. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, we tried to play Counter-Strike 
and literally in my first game, um, the entire player base was like, like every other person in the game because either me or you, McCoy, posted in chat like, by the way, it's James's first time playing this game. They were like, "What the fuck are you doing? Pl- like trying to play this game as a new character, as a new player, when Valorant's coming out in two weeks, yeah. and like we've all been playing this game for ten years. Like, what are you doing? Why are you hurt doing this to yourself, hurting yourself this way?" Um, and Valorant's like taken over my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's like unfortunate. Um, but this game is really good. Um, it's not perfect, but. The way that, like, physical skill of shooting interacts with understanding what's going on in a given round, um, in the game across rounds, thinking about the way that your opponents play the game, um, and what you can do, like, tactically... Uh, to counter that is just completely up my alley. Uh, It's really incredible in that way. And it also runs really well, um, has fun characters, and uh, I've made friends playing it. So overall... Huge props. Yeah. Like, I don't think that Raphael would be a good friend at this point without Valorant. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out you want to get in on this podcast, you just play the games with the voice. <laughs> the Flash voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, dude. Like, um, there- And that's nothing against Raphael. We just, like, we maybe never would have met. Like we live on the opposite sides of the country. Yeah, we sussed them out via the game, bro. Yeah, I mean that's like a real thing that gamers do. Is like, are you chill to play this game? It's uh, I I remember that Counter Strike story. By the way, I think what happened is like James did something in the game, and then this dude kind of insultingly but kind of questioningly was like, "Are you new?" And then you were like, "Yeah," and he was like, "Oh shit," um, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. and he was like. <laughs> Why? Why did you start playing this game now? <laughs> yeah. There's just... So I think what's really great is... So I, I, I love Counter-Strike and I love Counter-Strike style games and CS style games, which I guess is a category now. It wasn't before. It was only Counter-Strike. That is it. Um, and, and, and the scene went from Counter-Strike 1.6 to Counter-Strike Source to Counter-Strike Global Offensive. That's where the... So the scene was evolving between games and yes there's all sorts of like you know tension between the games and like some guys like bro source was what's up dog and a couple of people's career have never recovered from switching games because they never switched their styles and whatever but the point is it was all within the family of counter-strike and now it feels like 
there's a new thing that is the spiritual successor that might just be the successor. And it's really, really cool to see a game like that that was completely neglected by its uh, designer and maker uh, to go into the hands of someone that whether you like or hate Riot for whatever reasons, and maybe you feel both, like they're at least going to try to do things to make this game better. And they're also going to try to do things to make this game um, better for you to spend money at it. And they're going to do the same at the same time, so I mean to say. And like, okay, you can accept that. Um, but uh, I watch a lot of pro streams or whatever of it. And one of the things that I absolutely love is this influx of all sorts of different players from all sorts of different games like Apex Legends or uh, Overwatch or Call of Duty for that matter or Fortnite. It's a, there's a lot of influx from Fortnite. And there's also a lot of influx from those communities too. And what you hear is always people being like, how do I get better at aiming? How do I get better at aiming? And aiming is hugely, hugely, hugely important. It is the giant pillar of mechanics in the middle of the room. You cannot avoid it. However, if you talk to an old school Counter-Strike pro who's here in this game, they will always tell you aiming is not what's going to make you a good player. You have to be able to aim to be a good player, but it is not what's going to make you a good player. What's going to make you a good player is the stuff that James is talking about. It's recognizing patterns from your opponents. And that starts as simple as just this phrase. God, they always do this shit mid. That's a read. You are making a read on the game. So if you can counter that, think about how your team can work together to counter that dumbass shit that they always do mid. Good. That's the start of you figuring out the equation. You know, so it's a lot of stuff like that. And it's learning about all these tenants of, of a simplified map. Like, you can only be so many different places. You can only do so many different things. You can, They can only be so far if you spotted them here at this time. And so it's equating all of these things together, and, and you start to learn rules. Like, James, for instance, often plays Cypher, and he's a B anchor player, typically. So what that means is, like, his job is to, like, lock that site down. But he's learning, even just recently, and he'll be learning forever as long as he plays the game, different things. But one of the things literally recently that we've been talking about that I think has really upped our game as a team is James will recognize when they start to hit B and then they leave B is an opportunity for him to start to take risks and aggress on his side of the map to confirm that they are, in fact, falling back. And if he does this safely, then he can get the rest of our whole team to stack on the other side of the site and be completely ready for them to come. And so... He's starting to learn how to read his opponent's movements to feed us intel as the B anchor to essentially make the people on the other side of the map just win for his team. And that's fucking cool. Like, every player has opportunities like this to learn. And it's just absolutely fantastically wonderful. Um, and yeah, man, friends and stuff, bro. Like, I've played, I've played with a lot of people in this game and I, I love the crew we have. And I... Recently played with a Counter-Strike crew um, from another friend of ours, and it was and it was just a totally different vibe, and and they were good people. I don't mean to trash them in any ways, but it was just like, oh my god, I miss James and Raphael <laughs> so badly right now. Because <laughs> I'm sitting there like, guys, we need to split this site, and they are like, what do you mean? And they're just like taking forever, and it's like there's a there's a um in lock step that is starting to happen with the people that play. Valorant. And I would even include like Zoe in this list when we play uh, Spike Rush and we're flashing shit and we're just going crazy. Like there's a vibe. There's like a mental understanding of like we're going crazy and we're going crazy now. 
And that stuff feels so good when it's like when you dude, when you're on the walking path and you walk or sorry, when you run like I don't know if you guys do that outside thing. But if you run past a dog, sometimes it will instinctively just match your pace. Right. And then its owner will immediately get dragged, pop a shoulder out and be really mad at you. But like that's what happens to us sometimes when we take sights is like the entry player will like run past and all of us will just meet their pace in lockstep because we've played so much together. And that, I mean, that is just beautiful. It is phenomenal. I live for that. Um, and so that's really lovely. And so to see this game come out and revitalize uh, one of the most storied and beautiful multiplayer games, that's game modes that's existed, to see them potentially topple something i thought could maybe never topple all this stuff happened in this year it's it's just monumental but guys do you remember the beta of this game that like took over twitch because they were doing beta key drops and like this has just been a thing since it started and if they fixed the spectator ui it might continue to be a thing uh later in the esports scene so cool uh let's all look for that next year okay big mood right. swan song for valorant done all right. And so then there were eight. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to take a, a quick break. But right now, if you're following at home, the final eight are Firewatch, Return of the Obra Dinn, The Council, Hades, Slay the Spire, Edith Finch, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, and Among Us. Wow. We're going to have to fight it, it out. It is heavy hitting. But theoretically, right. we only have to cut three. Yeah, but then we got to order them. Right, right, right. But then right, we right, got to right, order right, right, the right, five. Right, yeah, that's going to be the main one. Whew. But all right. We'll see. The tyranny of thumbs. <laughs> we have reached, or we're reaching the end of the road in this wonderful wild journey that is tyranny of thumbs game of the year <laughs> on the last episode huh? we narrowed it down to eight games <laughs> who's gonna win who's gonna lose tune in <laughs> to find out next week <laughs> exactly who gets we the essentially rose? did for this game of the year what they do for like dragon ball z where we took like an entire season to do this <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like multiple like episodes. Were just, filler episodes. Yeah, like shots mm -hmm. to our past and shit. Like I think one of the episodes was essentially just James powering up like the entire episode. <laughs> 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 yeah, and so but I think we're actually ready. I think we've powered up enough successfully. I think, you know <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Yeah, like there was an episode where we like were training in space, remember that? Mm -hmm. And like with like extra A lot weights. of workout montages. Yeah, a lot of workout montages where like we were just essentially just doing thumb wars, getting our thumbs ready for the tyranny of thumbs best game. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Mm. And it has been narrowed down to eight games. So if you have been following along at home, these eight games that we are going to decide the top five out of them for yeah, TOT ordered. best game ordered. ordered top five. So the eight games are Firewatch, Return of the Obra Dinn, The Council, Hades, oh. <laughs> Slay the Spire, What Remains of Edith Finch, 
Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice and Among Us. Okay, guys, hey. Um, McCoy here. <laughs> I like that you've introduced yourself like five times yeah, throughout it. this, but you've introduced nobody else. Everyone needs to do their part. <laughs> okay. Elena here calling McCoy out for not introducing other people. Reasonable. Um, I think... I think we have given the council its fair shake here. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, listen, there's a case that maybe the council was one of the best games we played this year from an enjoyment standpoint. <sighs> but I, I'm i okay, unless someone else wants to make that case. I'm okay with saying that it, it won way more categories than I thought it would. It got my own personal category. It got all sorts of shout outs. I, I think it's okay for it to go here. I think we should tell the devs they won so many of our awards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, what if they put it on like their Steam credits page, you know, like received most disappointing game, Tyranny <laughs> no, yeah, of yeah. Thumbs game Biggest in your podcast. It didn't even <laughs> most receive Biggest on. Surprise. It was just a runner up. <laughs> runner up for Biggest Surprise. And it's like, any other awards you want from them? Like, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think, I think it's fair. It made yeah. it this far because we just cherish the memories we have with that game. And yes, it is. it was immensely enjoyable for all of us to play yeah. that game. Um, yeah. But yes, maybe maybe it's time to say goodbye. I want to play it off with like the music from the Titanic or something. But I also think that we... No, the council. Do, 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 True, true. God, that music was also amazing as well. But yeah, I, I, it received a lot more accolite, accolades, 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 Help accolades. Me. accolades, accolades during these celebrations than I ever thought it would. We've talked about it so much. It does not belong on this list. <laughs> I mean, there, again, like I said, there's a world where if you're talking about our personal enjoyment with the game, like as a collective, yeah, but like, no, okay, we're done with it. We're done with it, eh? All right. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Okay. So let's take a quick look here. Mm-hmm. So I think as much as it pains me, there's one game on this list that one member of the podcast hates playing. And I feel like that game cannot get into the top five. And that is Hades. And McCoy yeah. hates playing that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is possible that your cases for that game could overturn the fact that I hate playing that game. But I'm not. But there's like. This. So many great games here. Yeah. And like one of them is hated by one member of the podcast. So like I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's fair. Um it's unfortunate that you had such a awful experience, McCoy, I suppose. Yeah. Um it is. But this is after all the official tyranny of thumbs game of the year, and a diss on one is a diss on us all. So we must. So please stop writing in mean emails about McCoy's trash takes. Yeah, it hurts everyone else's feelings. It really doesn't. They love it every fucking moment of it. Okay, we but do. Right. No, I mean like this. Sure. This game, I think, just it's still it knocks it out of the park. I think in my personal list, it would be in my personal top five uh, for game of the year. Um, honestly, thought that it deserved more. I think like media awards than it's gotten this year. But I mean, who's it? They're just game game show awards so like who's to say what those are but if you're kind of like not really into roguelikes and you want to try it try it out and you're really into good music and good story and beautiful art then check out Hades you might like it definitely 
you should definitely check it out i mean like just like the the world seems to love this game and so like you might be part of the world and not part of the fucking small island that exists that is where i'm on i guess well so. yeah it, it's the thing is it's charming as hell and i'm not saying charming in the undertale sense of like oh it's all internet culture memes or whatnot <laughs> like it's it's actually very charming you know the characters are very intriguing you like i said like everyone's really hot in that game so if you just want to like have a thirst sesh playing a video game but you don't Jesus really want to download those like <laughs> what am i weird... listening to i'm not joking everyone's fucking ripped in that game and they're all beautiful and glorious and hot so you know what like didn't that used to be I'm something that like gaming game as an industry like was rallying against like hot people in their video games weren't they like against like unrealistic expectations of beauty and now it's fine because it's uh it's... No. I mean, these are supposed to be gods, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Exactly. Look, I, yeah, no, they're I never had a problem with that, personally. And boy, do they look like gods and goddesses. <laughs> they are all yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Zoe, I didn't know that, that you felt this strongly about this part of the game, and I'm really enjoying that it's coming out now. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I yeah. just, I, I have so many crushes in that game, and I am not afraid to say that. <laughs> That's very bold of you. <laughs> <laughs> reasonable and with that we Rate will say goodbye to it, but it will not be top five gone top five hades crushes holy shit yeah. um uh uh oh you put me on the spot um athena i'm, she's I'm mostly cool. kidding <laughs> Most. well, what about your boy zagreus i mean Z zagreus thanatos thanatos is just like uh, he's just i love the idea of thanatos and zagreus just being like bickering boyfriends the entire time but they're both very attractive men um dionysus he's just like my very hot ripped drunk bae in that game plus his mm. power-ups are just great so you know what there you, go. <laughs> you have the greatest <laughs> power-ups <laughs> that's an awesome compliment um yeah good nice. i don't know well, that makes me think i should maybe try this game out but that is for just... 2021 actually look up the fan art for that game because holy shit there are some talented people out there who create fan art of this game. There's going to be um, a bunch of like weird Patreons, Zoe. I don't want to Google that on my, on my computer right now. I mean, now. There, is, there, is the rule, there is the Rule 34 stuff, sure, but I'm just, just say, talking about... Is it fan art about... or is it Rule 34 art? <laughs> no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about like, I'm okay. talking about appropriate fan art of this game. Mm -hmm. Like right, there guys. are some very beautiful pieces. I'm definitely not high enough for this idea, but it's here. Maybe it's just a small relic of my smoking past, but um, is not... The act of sex a roguelike <laughs> think about it right Jesus. you you always start it over again right and it starts from the beginning and then and eventually you get as far you as you die. can and then you die yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that james i'm in exactly <laughs> i'm just i'm just saying you guys i actually think isn't it called the petite mort right the little death I mean, it yeah. is, but... Allegedly. <laughs> All I can picture now is, like, when they say that, like, female praying manti, like, rip the heads off of their mates when yeah. they have yeah. sex with them. And that's all I can think about in this roguelike sense of, like, that's oh, my God, yeah, you just go as far as you can, and then your head gets ripped Okay, okay. Yeah. People who made Hollow Knight, okay. that is a bug-themed game, you need to make a roguelike in which you are a male praying mantis. And you're just trying to survive. And you're just trying to survive. And the, the way the roguelike ends is you just get your head ripped off by a lady praying mantis. And oh, then you respawn so and try again.
That makes sense. Oh and it's that an NSFW sense. game? Yeah, it's definitely going to have to be 21 or up. Hey, we know you made that wildly oh, successful 21. game called Hollow Knight, and you're working on this other one called Soaks on that's greatly anticipated. But if you could just make this like weird like porn fantasy thing I was talking about, <laughs> that'd be really great. Um, it can't be a really beautiful story. She's willing to pay $5 a month for the next three years to make this Oh, I'm happen. not going to pay. I don't want a monthly subscription to this. That's that's how it's <laughs> no, going to get made. No, that's the Patreon. Yeah, that's, there's no other way it. it's going to get made. Uh, okay. Right. Anyway, let's get Hades off of All this right. list. Thank this you, Hades. <laughs> We're off to a wild start right here. <laughs> yeah, we really <laughs> yeah, I are. I expect that. <laughs> All right, so there's only one more game we have to cut from this list then before we can maybe start talking about, you know, rankings for top five. So, the real question is, what gets cut and what does not? We have Firewatch, Return of the Obra Dinn, Slay the Spire, What Remains of Edith Finch, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, and Among Us. So, I don't. we don't necessarily have to cut right now. Like, we could start ordering. Mm. Like, I could just say, what's better than What Remains of Edith Finch? And people could tell me. Is like that you're what you're saying, saying should be number one? Down. I think I would be very okay with that being number one. For instance, I walked by a park today, and there was a swing set, and kids swinging on it with their masks, and I was reminded of the swinging scene in What Reminds it, What Remains of Edith Finch, and I was like, fuck, I didn't even remember that scene, and it was awesome. Um, and that literally happened just seconds ago, so I don't know. I, I think, oh, that game, you guys. Oh, no. What do you, what, I personally have a different pick for number one game of the year. Go for it. Edith yeah. Finch is up there for me. I think Edith Finch takes number two. Actually, Edith Finch is kind of vying with Oberdin right now for number two for me. Mm-hmm. What I have as my number one is Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Mainly mm-hmm. because in all of the previous categories that we've talked about... Hellblade gets up there in the in towards you know towards the winning the winning pick, but it always ends up getting picked runner up because people go well, you know yeah the visuals were great but the visuals were also helped by the audio or yes the narrative was great but the uh, the narrative would have been nothing without the visuals, and what I just want to say is just this game is the whole fucking package for me in terms of just video game excellence it has great feel-good combat that is made great by the narrative that is made great by the visuals that is made great by the audio i loved in a weird twisted way because love is a very strange word i think in the context of this game but i loved every hour that i played of hellblade and it has made a lasting impact on my life and how I see things in my day-to-day life these days. Um, Its premise is so unique and was one that could just implode on itself, but was done so artfully, tactfully, and respectfully by the game designers and the developers that it just, it, it blew me out of the water. And so I can't stop thinking about it to this day how much Hellblade had an impact for me in my in my like gaming library. Um and it just boggles my mind that not more people have played it. 
Yeah. Um, I, I have a whole I have a whole other things that I could say about the game that I just really like about it. But I think that's where I'll, I guess, intro it, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's just I think it is an all encompassing experience that just hit it out of the park in every aspect. I'm curious, as we start this conversation, for me, what remains of Edith Finch and Hellblade Sinnoh's Sacrifice are like duking it out for top two. Does anybody have another game that they think belongs in top two besides one of those? I mean, what? Uh, uh, I can't speak again. <laughs> <clears throat> Perfect Jesus continuity. Jesus Christ. Perfect continuity. I just, yeah. Uh, the Return of the Oberdin. Sure. I think also deserves a place up there. Um, I would second that. I think Firewatch deserves a place in the top four. Like those four games, I think are locked in. And I would honestly be happy with pretty much any ordering of those games. I think I would want What Remains of Edith Finch and Hellblade above Firewatch, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it really is just like those four games were absolutely amazing. Um, impressive uh, examples of what gaming can be, what a video game can be and what it can make you feel. Um, and yeah, I think that Zoe makes a really good argument for Hellblade being number one. It's definitely changed the way that I um, think about the world and um, I actually, driving back uh, from the supermarket one night uh, last uh, this last month, I saw a woman uh, walking down the middle of the street screaming over her shoulder at nothing. And um, I just had this flashback to playing Hellblade. And, like, so empathizing with the person experiencing that same phenomenon um, that I've never had before. So, yeah. I think, too, for Hellblade, um, one of the things that I love about that game, and I think maybe an argument for it ending up at the top of this list is that, I mean, I think Hellblade is a game, like, we talked a little bit about Cyberpunk 2020, or 2020, 2077, and the reason why it was in the running for Biggest Disappointment is because, like, it's it's a disappointment on a grander scale in terms of, like, it's disappointing that games are made that way right now. And I feel like Hellblade is the opposite of that. In terms of the way that they went about making Hellblade and the background research that they did and the time that they put into it 
and the care and that they put into it, but also just the listening to the people whose experience they were trying to um, show just strikes me as being like the way that I think game really good games are made and should be made. And I feel like that's a reason that I could see wanting to put it near the top, almost like a reward for that kind of, I mean, they're not going to listen to this, but um, I just, and I think that when I was talking about being the full, it being the full package, like it's a full package beyond it also just being a gaming experience. Like it's a full package in terms of the way the game developers went about doing that um, and the work they went into it, and then the production of that little like yeah. mini documentary, I think really changed how I viewed that game. And without that, I would not have had that game as high, and I wouldn't have had the same respect for it. I think, but watching that little mini documentary about it and coming to a new understanding of what the game was showing me and the work that they did to make it turn out that way, um, I think is really impressive to me, and gives it sort of a little a little boost. I mean, for me personally, I think What Remains of Edith Finch is a perfect game, and I, I would put it at the top of my list, but I would have a hard time between Hellblade and What Remains of Edith Finch. And I could I could see Hellblade coming to the top if people really feel strongly about it, and I agree that it has something on this list. It, I think, I mean, I think Edith Finch changed the way that I looked at the world. And I think Firewatch has, and I think Return of the Oprah Dinn tells yep. an amazing story that makes you like look at things differently. But I agree that Hellblade maybe does that the most out of everything, or the most mm -hmm. obviously and the most out of the games on this list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do we all at least agree that Slay the Spire and Among Us are in a separate category like maybe we remove them not remove them but like we put them in a them second down. yeah move them down i and think they're contending them, you know for spot five probably like i think that at least like right now this is not to be binding but i think that's kind of how we're feeling um yeah, yeah. I, I would agree i think that's how we're feeling really so i want to make a case against hellblade um, keep in mind, these are gold star games. They're fucking phenomenal. I'm trying to make an argument in a in the subtle world between the best games we've played this whole year from every year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you understand? Um, but like, for me, like, yeah, it's like I would I would put it fourth here in this in this list of four that we have um, because it's true that it does tackle subject matter that's basically like foreign to being tackled at least well in video games, and it does it like. 12 steps better than you would ever expect it to do and that's awesome and it did definitely change like the way you think like the way you're able to empathize with people who think differently than you that's great um that to me is not the criteria for my best game mm -hmm. that is just an amazing thing this game did um so like to me like when i look at things like firewatch like firewatch the reason why it would be potentially maybe even a you know a best game for me is because of the way that it resonated the story resonated with me and i it resonated in such a perfect way from start to finish and like i i can't even begin to explain to you how emotionally powerful that game was on all of its highs and all of its lows and how perfectly it left me afterwards like i was like that was perfect like that was exactly what it needed to be and it also you know doesn't hurt that it's absolutely 
completely drop dead gorgeous the whole time from an art style standpoint and just and the way that i've had many experiences in my life that yeah i similarly think are feel like firewatch they happened i think actually probably before firewatch but i immediately connected them like right away and so this game speaks to me and i think other people could easily make the case that hellblade like giving them the ability for other experiences to speak to them is like a maybe more valuable experience to them and that's totally reasonable but to me like it is I, I i would be careful and i've been trying to parse out the difference between my expectations going into hellblade and the execution of it which was just the 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 gulf is insane i mean it was just you can't no game could ever have a larger gulf between what I expected it to do and what it actually did than Hellblade. But I still think I personally am measuring best game, not on the gulf of expectations, but actually just on what my heart tells me and what my souls tells me about the game. And when I look at its name, and when I think about it and like, that's, that's why I look at things like Firewatch and I look at things like Return of the Oprah Den. And I just think like, I I just, it's like beyond just the quality of the game, like those games speak to me more also. Like they just, they just, I don't know. It's, this is like very like deep in my soul that I just look at those games and I think to myself, okay, no, like those games are more, see, it's not more impactful. It's just like more, they're, they're better games to me in what I look for in games and to what I've been looking for in games for 20 years. Um, and Senua's Sacrifice is teaching me that games can be more than this. And that's awesome. Um, but I don't think personally that just because it's doing something that no other game has done well means it should be the top of the list. And I don't think... That just because it is capable of, um, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe because it is capable of inc increasing our empathy, it could be top of the list. Um, but like Elena, when you were saying like rewarding people, you want to reward them for like, they went outside, they went outside of what a game is to like make this a better game. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to like, you want to like, yo, nice job. Well, I agree. But those other games, like just because they are within what you would expect a game to be does not mean they did not do it with perfect excellence. I, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, go ahead, Elena. Sorry. I no, I, I hear that point in particular. I think because we got to see behind the scenes in the making of Hellblade with that little documentary, it was maybe more visible. I'm, I also think that the team who made What Remains of Edith Finch, like, did obviously made an incredible video game and probably made it in the way that video games should be made. Um, and I think I'll let Zoe talk now. I have some more things to say about Hellblade if we're like really getting into it, but I'll let Zoe go first. Um, I I was just gonna say I I think it's I think it's easy because of what Hellblade has done to focus primarily on the great lengths they did in terms of breaking ground in taboo topics, and I mean I agree I don't think that should merit or I agree that I don't think that should merit it being the best just because it chose to tackle those to topics. To me, Hellblade actually spoke to me in more ways than just the psychosis bit and impacted me in ways that had nothing to do with the psychosis or the mental health issue. Um, 
I think, McCoy, you, you talk about how, you know, the storylines of Firewatch and Oberdin really, you know, really struck you personally. And, and to me, that's how I feel in Hellblade Senua's sacrifice with Senua's story, primarily with her relationship to Dillian. This, this is, at its most watered down term, a love story of a girl who is going, she's lost her husband She's going to fight to get her husband back. Um, he is the love of her life, and she will do whatever it takes to get him back. And I didn't quite know how I felt about that at the beginning of the game. I think we kind of touched about it in in the in the actual podcast episode. But at first, I was like, "Oh, she's you know she's doing all this for a guy. That's that's cute. That's whatever." But <laughs> I think what struck me about this game that has resonated with me the most is that this game presents such a amazingly raw and realistic portrayal of what a healthy relationship looks like between a man and a woman. One that is manifested on love and support and has its struggles, but withstands those struggles. Uh, it was done in such a way, like, you know, we talked about the stereotype of just, you know, tough Nordic men, like the fact that they didn't really have Dillian portray that sort of character, but still made him, like, still didn't, like, have to go around, like, I guess, emasculating him in any way. Like, he was still a strong man on his own, and Senua was still a strong woman on her own, and they made each other better together. And just the whole storyline with their relationship, again, like I said, it's just, it's really stuck with me well past, you know, what this game has to say about it. And it's just so refreshing in a video game to see just that sort of relationship. Um, you don't see it very often. And it's just amazing to me. I thought it was written so well, that aspect of it. And, uh, and yeah, I, I guess that that's all I kind of want to point out. I think while while it's easy to conclude, yeah, this game can stick with people because of the the featurette and because of their studies on mental health, I just want to say it has resonated with me far more than just those aspects. You know, there are other parts of Senua's story that are relatable and yeah, and and that have impacted me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of us. I agree. We talked about that on the podcast. And I also I love and it, this is not a hit against any other game on this list, so I'm not saying this is why it's right over, but it, I love how badass they made Senua in that game. Like, even just from her super cool moveset when she's in combat and how they just make her... She's never a, like, flailing woman who needs to be rescued. She's this really badass character, and I agree with her. Like, that relationship is really well written. Um mm-hmm. And I feel like if we're going to get into Hellblade 2, like, this is a, a... Okay, all of these games, maybe except for Oberdin, really hinge on their stories, I think, and the stories that they tell. And Hellblade obviously tells a really good one. But I also think part of what impressed me about that game and part of what I loved most about playing that game are some of the technical aspects, like, the, the 
some of like the gameplay things that that game does. Like the the way that they executed the voices in your head is one of the coolest things I have ever experienced in a video game. And yes, it adds very much to the story, but it was just it's so beautifully done and so affecting. Um, just the swir- the swirling voices and the care that they took making those. Um, and the same thing about some of the gameplay decisions that they made in terms of some of the visual hallucinations that you have as you're in that game. That fucking terrifying dark area with those, like, shambling arm creatures. Some of those things were so... I hated that. But some of those sections were so well done and I think really stand out from also, like, a, a gamey sense to me. Yeah, like, listen, I, I'm not here to invalidate any of this that you guys are saying. I'm simply here to try to try to communicate what my heart tells me about this game, which was that, like, again, this is nitpicks for perfect, right? But, like, I, I, don't not, I do not consider the Hellblade a perfect game. Like, I, the mm-hmm. combat, to me, is all right. There's too much of it. I actually don't particularly like the balance of it. I don't like the fact that they swarm you with people and I don't like the fact that people come from behind you. Although I fucking love the fact that a voice tells you they're from behind mm-hmm. you. That's the fucking coolest thing ever. Um, but I, the combat is good, if not mediocre, I would say. But the animations are awesome. So cool. Totally, right? Again, this nitpicks for, for a nearly perfect game. But I also think like a lot of the puzzles to me were like somewhat obtuse and took longer than i wanted them to and were like one of those things that when you watch the documentary you rewrite how fun they Mm -hmm. actually were but they were not that fun most of the time and they're most of the game and so i would actually make the case that most of that game is not fun even and not just Mm. in the way that no but not just in the way that like does this video game need to be fun it's not that but it's like the gamey aspects that like I think the combat's supposed to be fun. I think the puzzles are at least supposed to be fun or interesting and engaging. And some t- and most of the time, they're probably that. But I wouldn't say all the time. And you, you keep trying to point at me. What's That's happening? why I think Hellblade should be two. Okay. And <laughs> the perfect game of this list, What Remains of Edith Finch, should be number one. Okay. What about Oberdin, though? I think Oberdin is a really super strong three. See, like, we had criticism about Oberdin, right? About the fucking smoke trails or some shit that Gabe was talking about. <laughs> but, like, I don't remember any of that shit now. Like, is it just too far away from my memory? I remember that game as being perfect. It was not. Huh. Well, okay. I don't know. I, I feel like we have to, like, make some, stick to a game and, like, really, really get it done. But I think that What Remains of Edith Finch is an absolutely stunning, perfect game. And that would be my argument for it being number one. And I don't know which which game we want to argue right now, but that's my stance. I think we're just saying what comes to us, man. We're rolling all around. I just, but does anyone want to talk about maybe they had a different experience with the puzzles and the combat and stuff? Like they felt that stuff was actually good. Because I yeah, think if you I look mean, at I... it. I, I love that stuff. Um, I, I thought that the puzzles in Senua were actually really creative. If anything I were to complain about, it was just, you know, some of the runes that you would have to find within the elements of the world were a little hard to spot. And so I'd be stuck on an area for a little bit, uh, like for a long while, trying to find what looks like a chicken foot. <laughs> um, 
Because I feel yeah, like and... we did that a bunch of times. Like, I feel like probably three or four individual instances probably took us way, way, Yeah, I didn't way too love long. those puzzles. And I agree with you that, like, when you hear the documentary's reasoning for it, you do rewrite a little bit how you viewed those. But I didn't, it, going, coming out of having, I don't want to say this, having immediately just played that game, I didn't love those puzzles. The, the lining things up visually puzzles. And you do a lot of them. And I thought they got kind of samey as you went through. Right, like when when I think about the puzzles, though, I don't necessarily think about those rune puzzles. I merely think of them as keys keys to other other puzzles. That I think that I I think we're done really well. I thought that in the cert area with the fire god, um, having to light those altars and then run to a pyre and like knock it over, um. Those were some of the coolest set pieces I've seen of when the whole area around you just lights up in a blaze and your voices in your head are just screaming you, this way, no, this way, you're going the wrong way, you're going the wrong way. And you yourself are so panicked as well, trying so desperately. Just, like The game is literally just ignite point A, run to point B, yet it the pathway to get to that point B is the most insane experience that I thought I think could ever have been created um I felt the same way with uh I think there's like a, a plague puzzle that you do where you're in a barn and you have to like run through find some runes but there's a angry mob behind you chasing after you yelling after you because it's to exemplify in Senua's life the um the stigma that her community had against her and how people would come and bang on her doorstep because she was cursed and she brought this plague on them uh and so just you're running through this maze of a barn as you ha hear just this angry mob behind you um again like the the darkness puzzle as much as that was a fuck this game moment like it was a Ooh. beautiful set piece <laughs> just in that you have dillian's voice in your ear just saying i will i will be your guide i will be your guiding light you know just follow the sound of my voice i'm near um it's those puzzles where i truly see the beauty uh in that game where they just really try hard to i don't know just take these take these elements of senua's life and just kind of put them in this beautiful metaphor of a puzzle for you to solve um and then you know it always gives you a little bit of story at the end of it to reward you um those are what I think about when I think about Hellblade. Yeah. There anyway, I feel like, yeah, out. James, what I was going to say, What do you think, number quiet. one? Straight up. Oh, I mean, I've just been enjoying all of you guys arguing about this. <laughs> like, just thinking like, yeah, I agree with that point of, your, uh, point of view. I agree with that point of view also. Yeah, I agree with that point of view also. Like, um, I think that I did get frustrated by the puzzles in combat of, of Hellblade a little bit. Um, <clears throat> But that didn't take away from the impact that the game had. Um, the 
uh, incredible, um, just kind of experience that it was. Um, and on the other hand, um, like what remains of Edith Finch, when I finished that game, um, I definitely had the thought of like, this wins game of the year. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think I've ever had that really before. Like, like that game moved me. Um, and I, I think I agree with Elena that like, that that's pretty fucking close to a perfect game being exactly what it is and uh if it were up to me i would put it as number one and i honestly think that game deserves it quite honestly mm -hmm. they like all deserve it the thing was going yeah. into what remains with edith finch like with it already being a walking simulator i was like it's going to be a fucking gorgeous experience, I'm sure. It's going to have some, like, really cool creative things. And yet, the game still managed to just blow me away with its set pieces as well. Like, I, I think the fish cannery scene itself just, like, yeah. deserves Game of the game Year. Of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right? yeah, I really, yeah, yeah. I think they may have even joked about that on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. But mm -hmm. that... Guys, the walking simulator genre has evolved so far with so little that you do really mm -hmm. like it's just unfucking believable because i think about i think about battle royale and i think about how that took a stagnant multiplayer space that just couldn't innovate despite the fact that you have infinite levers you can pull and then they found battle royale and it exploded onto the scene and it changed everything and it's like the fact that it took that long for someone to figure out you could make another multiplayer game mode <laughs> It's like embarrassing. And the walking simulator, meanwhile, is just silently creating other universes of growth. Like like starting with like a dear Esther and then getting here. It's like you you, you played your Esther and you're like, Well, that's gotta be all of a walking simulator could possibly do, and that was incredible incredible. And then you play the beginner's guide. And you're like, Okay, well that's gotta be all a walking simulator can do, and that was incredible. And then you play this and you're like is there anything that a walking simulator can't do? Like, it's just unbelievable. They had me turn into a fucking shark and roll down a mountainside. What the fuck? <laughs> True. And I yeah, initially that hated that, that and was like, looked at McCoy and was like, what the fuck is this game? But I, I really, looking back on it, I think it was stunning. Yeah. Gold star. <laughs> yeah. And like, so guys, like, it's actually really interesting because it's like what we're looking at with a walking simulator is like they stripped all that game out of there. And we fucking love it. I mean, yeah, you know but I, mean? I think that's the strength of the genre. Like, it's funny. I think, Zoe, you were my first introduction as, like, someone who purported to like walking simulators. And when you first started saying that on the podcast, I was like, why? Yeah. It's called a walking simulator. That's the worst that sounds like ever. the worst thing ever. It's because the name was made to make fun of the genre. <laughs> yeah, and it 
it does fit. That's pretty much what you do. But now that I've played a bunch of them, I really think they're a really smart game genre when you when it comes down to it. Like they take there's no noise in those games. They curate that experience and tailor it so far that they can, you know, Edith Finch could make every single one of the rooms that you go into incredibly personal and incredibly detailed and super fleshed out because you were going into like seven rooms total. Mm-hmm. It just the I think it's a really smart look. There are other game genres have other amazing things to offer the world. Um, but when it comes to like this mystical sort of like perfect game experience, I think walking simulators like have them nailed. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think that's because, you know, the, the game designers are able to curate a near perfect experience. Like they they're able to curate what can appear to be a near perfect experience. Yeah. And you know, it they, it doesn't leave room for you to die. It doesn't leave room right. for you to be stuck on a puzzle. It doesn't leave room for you to be frustrated with mechanical combat abilities. Right. And I don't think, like, you know, I, I don't think if a game has struggles in either of those areas, it should necessarily discount it from being considered a game of the year. Sure. I, 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 but I think that's why walking simulators just always reign supreme, just in terms of being labeled a perfect game, because they're able to perfectly, you know, there, there's little room in Edith Finch to ever be frustrated at. Maybe the most frustrating aspect of it is that you just can't time the fish underneath the blade all that well half of the time, and you can't do that tandem motion. I don't know, but like, the most frustrating that's part about all I can that game. Think of is the fact that you can't play it again in the same way. You can't. I mean, we, no. yeah. the other thing about, I think it's about, it's a, th- it's like a three hour game. No, but I mean like, I'm, I'm more saying like with the experience oh. being new, but no, but yeah, but, but of course, like, but so yeah, you were talking about this in terms of death uh, the other time. Um, and you're absolutely right. Like it's, it's okay. This is where it is, right? This discussion is always like, well, if a walking simulator is one of the best ways to tell a story, why not just watch a movie, right? Like that's conversations come up a lot, mm-hmm. um, As much it? less so in the more recent months, but <laughs> or years. But 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 there's always that discussion I hear in the back of my head uh, as like, why isn't this a movie? And I always know in my soul that's ridiculous. Like I I understand that a movie can be edited and curated perfectly, but it can never do the natural interactivity and pacing that I put into the game when I play it. And like that I think is really, it's like, cause like it's easy to look at a, like a really gamey game, like cyberpunk. That's a gamey game. We got inventory. We got, you know, dialogue options. We got stats. We got, you know, we might as well have cars that you can buy with real money. We don't have that yet, but like, sure, I'm sure they would think about it. We're going to have to pay for all the repairs somehow, so. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you look at that and you think, well, okay, there's a clear trajectory towards what if we stripped all this junk out of here and we just told a really good story? And like, that's true, but there there is a place that walking simulators are going and that exist in. That is like really distinctly different than movies to me, like really distinctly different, like could never be the same. And I think for, for me, that's why I love video games, 
is because of whatever it is that makes those things different than movies. Whatever magical components they have with the interactability. Um, but yeah, like, like I, so I was, the other day I was like messing around, by the other day, I mean like literally multiple years ago, um, I was messing around with, with Unity and there was this, which is that game engine you can create stuff. Anyways, it's free. The point is that there was like this tool you could make and it's like, I can make uh, worlds of nearly infinite scale. It's the it's the no man's sky thing. I can make worlds uh, of t hundreds of miles across and you can paint them like a brush and we'll auto-populate trees and we'll auto-populate rocks and mountains and it'll look real. And it like made me wanna throw up <laughs> because like that's the opposite of something like Edith Finch or Oprah Din or Firewatch. Or maybe Firewatch has that maybe a little bit when they paint the trees or something. But it's like, I think at the end of the day, we really love these like really, really curated experiences. And, you know, like I didn't mean to exclude Hellblade off that. I mean, I think it I, you cover a lot more ground in Hellblade, so I'm sure they use the same rock over and over again, but I'm not complaining about that. Like they really curated their shit too. Um, but I'm just saying like, that's what we really fucking love at the end of the day is like, I don't think I love like the fact that the world is bigger than it was last time. Like when Assassin's Creed says that every time, like I have a bigger world, I'm like, that's not exciting to me. That actually sounds like it's going to be annoying to get across. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. I, like really drilling it down to like, what if we actually just paid attention to this room? I think in a real way. You know, I think there's a time and a place for bigger. Like, I mean, as someone who loves open world games, I I'm into a larger world. If they were to make, I'm not basically Oblivion, but it's twice as large. I would spend twice as much time in there. Like, there's a time and place for that kind of thing, but I think these games, all four of these, Firewatch, Return of the Liberty, and Edith Finch, and Cinema Sacrifice, also all shine in just making really good choices in terms of their gameplay and in terms of their design, and some of their choices were not to make it bigger, but to make it better. Um, and that's why I think when it comes down to, like, our Game of the Year discussion, I mean, really, all four of these are kind of in that same category. Yeah. I want to make a quick case for Oprah Din, though. I know it doesn't seem like it's winning anything. It seems like it's just everyone loves it. I would just say this may not be the category most rewarding game, but holy shit, is that the most rewarding game I've maybe ever played? That sound effect is just, I mean, it's unfucking real like, That is true. That screen goes black and you see the very well. And, you're just... and Zoe's game yes. crashes. No. <laughs> Zoe, right. I, like, I, I, I remember. Yeah, my game would crash every time I did that. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's the most awful. satisfying game crash ever. Yeah. yeah. My game would crash and I would just be like, yes. <laughs> I also want to give a really special just heart shout out that Obra Din is the only game on this list in its entirety, except for Cyberpunk, that I actually personally played in terms of controlled and mm. gabe i'm so sorry that you had to watch me attempt to control that game and i understand that it affected all of our experiences with it um i was actually gonna say that's my top contender because it holds a special place in my heart where it was all of us solving something together mm -hmm. i know this was not like the exact case for james and Zoe, though Zoe, you might have played it with uh, Brandon, but for us three, uh, me, Elena, and McCoy, it was all three of us huddled together around like the computer screen, yeah. working together to solve puzzles in this game. 
And that was just so engaging and something that I hadn't experienced since like, I don't know, elementary school or like maybe middle school back in the days of, yeah, like all of us crowding around like an N64 or a, an older computer game or something where it's like, you know, you and your friends all working together to solve a single player game, whether it's like a puzzle like this or like maybe it's a boss fight that's too hard or something where like someone's trying to make a jump that you can't make yeah. you know it was just like a bygone time that i had kind of forgotten about but like playing this with you guys i was like oh my god like the nostalgia just kind of came flooding back so that's kind of why it holds a special place for me where it's just like it it brought back something that i had forgotten about but then remember fondly and yeah it's just special because like you can't really say that about a lot of games nowadays. Yeah. I think too. It was a game where, where I yeah, wish that uh, it was a game that I wish before playing that somebody would have told me that it would have been better enjoyed in a group. Because like I, I I hear that over and over again of like this is the perfect like party yeah. game in yeah. the sense mm -hmm. that it it's great. Like we recommended uh we recommended the game to one of Brandon's friends and he and his girlfriend played it together and they came back to us and they were just like, this game fucking rocks. My girlfriend and I, we spent yeah. It hours saved our relationship. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, just call us the love doctors. Um, but, and like the thing is, I, I'm a little sad because I never had that experience with Oberdin. I, I think Brandon was out on a work trip for two weeks and I was just playing the game alone in the house and you know it was still just as engaging and still just as cool but I just never got that camaraderie aspect of the game quite like other people did yeah yeah um, and I it was it was so extreme just like all of us there mm -hmm. yeah. and once like somebody would notice something off to the side it's like oh shit wait 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 like go yeah. back and then I'd press the wrong button but yeah <laughs> <laughs> no no worries but it's just like yeah and just like all of it, like all the pieces falling into place. And yeah, every time, you know, one of us would make a guess and we would get like the correct uh, person identified for the right role. And we were just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's like you fucking clutch or something. I mean, and, and each individual person has their own model of how they look at the game. So like if I recall correctly, like Gabe had an extra attention to the uniforms people were wearing on the ship, which I didn't really pick that up like i couldn't discern who was captain versus first mate by their uniforms even though when gabe mentioned it it's really obvious mm -hmm. but like he got to give me that perspective and point at it and look at it and say and, and we didn't just we played it on like a big tv too like so we're pointing at the screen like look at this thing like do you see this this is a captain's hat like that's what this is and i'm like really oh maybe you're right and like that sort of stuff um it's just amazing. And I think this is almost um this is almost maybe the curse of us on this podcast. It's like a lot of times we're playing games for the first time out of our whole crew. Mm -hmm. And like we get to go recommend forever that you should play this as a group. And we recommend it to Elena's parents to play it as a group uh, when your sister was there. We recommended it to my mom to play uh with Chris. Um and like we just we had the good fortune of well, okay, Gabe, on the other side of this, Gabe and I have played some games together that we probably shouldn't have played together. <laughs> 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 right? Like, what do you mean? 
there's probably like certain games that I think it would have been better as a solo experience maybe. And, and so there's that too, but I definitely, at least in my style of gaming, I try really, really hard to push the co-op single player thing. I, that's just my favorite thing ever. That's just, I just truly believe that is the best that gaming has to offer. It's you take. Yeah. And I think honestly there is, there is a hidden beauty to actually letting Elena take the reins. Despite what you may think, Elena, it was, it was nice kind of having the steady pace. Uh, I think it was a nice mid-ground between McCoy and I, who McCoy would have taken it Oh my God, we would have been there slower. forever, Gabe. Gabe, it would have been, it would have <laughs> yeah. been weeks. <laughs> and me, who would have been trying to play it like... Call it Quick scoping. <laughs> <laughs> 316 no-scoping. Exactly. He's bunny hopping <laughs> off the bow. <laughs> I also think, Gabe, I wanted to go back to your point about how great of an experience this was to play together. And just one thing that stands out to me about Oberdin was the excite like the uh, i don't play counter-strike or valorant or any other games that like get your adrenaline going and where yes. you clutch things exactly but the Oberdin bred this incredible excitement amongst the three of us and i think even in an individual playthrough like just when you locked something in it was like essentially we we're all like chest bumping and yelling exactly. <laughs> no yeah. we we're doing the fucking football dances and shit we're like you point into yeah. the end zone like you're next. Like, yeah, that's but like, and I think like when we figured out who Necklace Man was, this guy who we actually turned out he's had a really low V V shirt on, but oh, we, we were all guy? just so yeah, thrilled so. with ourselves. And that's something that the other games here I think don't offer. Like the other games on this list have incredible, deep, moving, beautiful stories that should not be taken for granted. But the Oberdin had a real sense of like adrenaline and excitement and thrill and like pride when you manage to lock things in and i stand by what i said in the puzzle t- on the podcast too like the puzzles in this game are the best puzzles i've ever seen yeah, yeah. they're all completely within your grasp but like just far enough away they're really hard and when you do get one it just it's the best feeling yeah and it has the same like sudoku style thing or like crossroad style thing where like it feels almost impossible at the beginning but yeah. then they do a nice job of like like doling out information and kind of keeping what you know like small but then eventually as you start to solve solve it it's such a snowball in itself mm-hmm. and eventually as you're getting to the end there's just that unbelievably satisfying just like cross no totally and i think like for me the closest to this was like firewatch but with firewatch it's like you know as you play the game you're going to discover what the story is cuz it's like a linear story Whereas with this, it's like you, it's up to you to figure out the missing pieces and connect everything. Mm-hmm. Like you're the one who's trying to make the connections and you're the one who's writing down the names and the roles and like the log book or the, the insurance book. Yeah. So like you can get it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you can start to deduct like what's wrong based on the ones that are locking in, but it didn't lock in this one. Yeah. I, like, when I look at this list, I see three games, Firewatch, What Remains of Edith Finch, and Hellblade, that all, like, moved me in some way. Mm-hmm. And then I have to just sit there as a human being and rank the moving. And then I see <laughs> what returns, or sorry, the return of Oberdin, and I'm like... <laughs> what returns of Oberdin? Of Oversacrifice. What returns of Oversacrifice? I mean, we could just fudge this, combine no, all of the names together, no. and rank them all number one. Yeah. What returns? Okay. What I'm telling returns, you, the real winner is friendship. Yeah. 
Yeah. What returns of Senua's Fire Watch? Exactly. <laughs> Nailed it. Of Senua's Fire. What returns of Senua's Fire? The sequel. That actually makes sense. Okay, this is crazy. Um, Moving on. I I will just say that Return of the Obra Dinn was by far the most fun I had out of any of these games. And again, it's is not most fun Wait, game. Wait, you said this about is... the council. Okay, that is. <laughs> most fun of the games on this list. On this list. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. No, but it's true. Like, this is not most fun game. It's also not good goodest game right like you know what i mean and that's why well, that's you... not a word so well i'm trying to not use the word best game because it is best game. It is be- that's what i was gonna <laughs> yeah. say it's like well you just got around it by using a made-up word but it is actually best game no but like you can say something like yo i didn't think the puzzles were my favorite thing or good in hellblade but that doesn't exclude it from best game right like i'm trying to like mm-hmm. just draw that distinction that these games don't even have to be perfect here and they can even be amongst other games that are perfect but if what they did hit harder that's fine because to me firewatch like Oberdin, yeah i actually okay so i personally don't think hellblade is a perfect game i would edit some of those things that i've talked about but like again that doesn't have to stop it but even though like the other three i'd basically consider perfect one of them can still win right like it there's there's weird intangibles here we have to measure so sure I mean, shout out to the mechanical issues in the Oprah Dan, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but, but like, but again, like, since I didn't play it, I just watched you hitting I the know. wrong button. It was and hard I was to like, tell if it was it user error or... or mechanical problem. Yeah. It was both. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I look at this list and I, I think this is, I mean, this is only our second year. This is the best year of games that you guys have played. And all four of these are... Are standouts. Does to anyone me. know what won last year and like Edith Finch? Nope. That's a third name. That's this year. Uh, um Dear Esther, Dear Esther won last year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Zoe. I just knew it was an E. It was like it's like walking simulator and it starts with an E. And I lost I lost my train. It can't be a walking simulator without an E name in your name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The beginner's eyed. Yeah. Yep. True. Okay, guys, where do we go from here? Like, I think we've made really great cases for all these games, except for maybe Firewatch. I don't think my case was that good. I feel very strongly about it, but I don't think I made a great case for it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, I feel really strongly about it. But the weird thing about Firewatch to me is I played it before. And my experience with Firewatch, the yeah. real magic to me with this game was many, many, many years ago. And yeah. so I played it again this year, and it was magical. But it's hard to compare that. There was a recency bias there. It's tough for me to discern the difference between the magic that I played with the other three ones that literally happened this year. That's the, yeah, I, I feel I feel the same recency bias as you, McCoy, in that just I, I want to rank Overden, Edith Finch, and Senua over Firewatch, but that doesn't it's not to say that Firewatch was like lesser of any of those games. It was just that my reception of that game this year was like not like the first time I played it four years ago. Exactly. Um, the other three games have that magic that also influences everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's like Firewatch, like to me, Firewatch is number four on my list, but I'm just like, but it, it, it but it's a strong four. It's a, right. really, yeah, strong it's a really strong four. four. Well, we've really struggled <laughs> yeah. with that throughout this whole series, right, of, of categories, because like Last of Us 1, right, got that same recency bias situation. Maybe we didn't articulate it at the time, but like Dark Souls for me got that, even though, because mm-hmm. like, yeah, I replayed it again this year by watching, but like, um, <laughs> all right. I'll stall because you definitely didn't. Okay, all right, everyone's fine. 
Okay. Just play the music over me dying in the corner. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but I think I think as long as we now now it's true. When if someone were to look at this list, and this happens all the time, probably not for us because we're not going to post it on our website or anything. We're probably not going to put it on any of the, the descriptions for any of our videos or anything. Like we're not we're not in the business of publishing articles about our top ten, and as a result, you're not going to see the top ten before you hear the deliberations, probably. So we get to have the 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 good fortune of saying to someone, "Hey, here's why recency bias was affecting some of these games." Um, so we can do that, you know. Like it's not like you have to look at this list and just go, "Wow, they shafted Firewatch." I mean, we mm -hmm. we did, but the reality of the situation is maybe we did that because it's been a long time. I mean, okay, wait, James, did you play Firewatch for the first? James and Gabe, maybe did you play Firewatch for the first time this year? Yes. Yes. Like, so then how does it fit in this equation for you guys uh, in terms of it being, like, right now landing? I thought it was cool. I thought it was a good game. I thought it was moving. I like the other three games better. Okay. Yeah. Straight to the point. I like it. <laughs> just, yeah. I don't know. Just, <laughs> I mean, I just said I really it like, like, a, game, like a salesman. But I'm also in, <laughs> yeah. a, I'm in a different position than the rest of you. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fair enough. So um, I will say for Firewatch, I think it has an incredible story that definitely kind of left me guessing what was going to happen next. Because it kind of sets up mm -hmm. this like, you know, this, this air of mystery about the story and kind of like a, almost like a murder mystery kind of deal. But it's more like a thriller in that sense where it's like, is somebody like watching me? What's going on out here? Something's going on. Potential like deep conspiracy stuff. And then you have the thing with Delilah too, where it's like you're kind of in this together. You're both wondering what's going on, but you're also like potential love interest. <laughs> like, who's this girl? Like, could things go well? Uh, what's this all about? And just the way that kind of intertwines those two and you progress through the story and through the, the park, essentially, um, and all that, to then how it all wraps it up in the end was just, I think, in my opinion, masterful. Um, and granted, like I said, I haven't played uh, Edith Finch or Hellblade, but... I can definitely agree with the hype around Firewatch. You know, a lot of times hype gets built up and in a lot of cases it's undeserved or it's like, uh, maybe fell a little bit flat, you know, good game, but don't agree with all the hype. But with Firewatch, I agree with the hype. Like that was an incredible, um, an incredible piece of storytelling and, I can personally see the ending being contentious, but I enjoyed how they ended the game with the the brutal slap back to reality. Yeah. Boy, was it contentious, too, at the time, I remember. Yeah. God, you know what the reality is? The, the moral of the story is just fuck the haters, bro. In every yeah. case. <laughs> mm -hmm. Fuck the In haters, In every bro. case. <laughs> Gamers. Fuck the gamers. Fuck the gamers. The capital G gamers. The lowercase G gamers are okay. I'm just going to yeah, say this, guys. Cool. Like, I feel very strongly about this, and I have since I was probably like nine or something. 
you should not trust the gaming space to have a mature take on story. Absolutely <laughs> like, just not. don't. Yeah. For real. <laughs> just don't. Like, mm-hmm. the, I've started way early being like, I'm going to play this one for myself just to see. Just to see. Yeah. And uh, that has served me well. <laughs> I mean, like, that's kind of one of the things, like, going back to Mass Effect briefly, like, a lot of people were upset and they complained that they couldn't have their, like, happy ending in the series. And it's like, well okay, I can see why you would want that. That's not a valid criticism. Like, the criticism comes from how kind of slapdash the ending was and how the choices didn't really matter. Whereas with Firewatch, it's like, it's not a happy ending, but it was done so well mm-hmm. that, like, the happy ending argument's kind of bullshit in this case. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, but, like, this is proof. It's like, you don't need a happy ending. And you can still deliver an excellent story and wrap it all up nicely. Yeah, it's so true. The premise that a happy ending must exist is just like... Fun fact about Firewatch, you guys. Um, the studio that made that game um, got bought by Valve. Mm-hmm. And they were making a new game. It was like something like... Egypt or something. I yeah, forget was, I the actually name of I it. actually looked them up the other day because I was just checking to see if there's any new merch. So Valve bought them and mm-hmm. said, "We'll fund your game. We think your game's awesome." And from what last I heard on the rumor mill, and so I'll just perpetuate it because that's what responsible people do. Mm-hmm. Um, they got dissolved into a VR team. Yeah. yeah, which I think is a tragedy. And but it's almost a tragedy that makes Firewatch better in my eyes. It's like it's almost meta sad now. <laughs> you know, it's like that. It's meta. What if it means Firewatch VR? <sighs> it could mean Firewatch VR. That'd be pretty good. Picking up yeah, the beer cans but and shit. Like, has Valve made a good game in like ten years? People like Alex. They do, which is VR. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's... Wait, did they make that game? Firewatch <laughs> VR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are we as a group comfortable with roughly taking Firewatch and putting it between Slay the Spire and Hellblade with entries around it? Like... If I do this, does somebody freak out? Like, is that a reasonable thing? Which no. is not to discount Among Us yet. No, no, those no. Slay the Spire Among yeah. Us we haven't even touched yet. I don't think we should probably. Right. Nothing's ordered. It's just grouped, I guess, is what I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, too, I have one more note on Firewatch, just in a, maybe a semantic note, in terms of, like, which doesn't matter, but I'm going to make the point anyways. It's like, this is the official TOT game of the year for us this year. And Firewatch is a game that a lot of us played in years past, and that I think I think the yeah. point that it hit best the first time we played it through is is well made, and that it shouldn't discount it. And like anyone listening to this being like, well, it's ranked four, so I'm not gonna play it. Like you should, if you haven't yeah, played it, you only play top three. <laughs> stop. Like you should play that game. That it, yeah. it's just it's not our game of this year, but it's incredible. And I don't have a single bad thing to say about it. I have yeah. only good memories and. Yeah, it's great. And just adding, actually, it just occurred to me just now. I thought this is what you were going to say, but it actually, it not only does this have the recency bias of we played it four years ago, at least Zoe and I did, or whatever the fuck, and and you as mm-hmm. well, Elena. But also, this was the first game we played game. this year, too. So it also has the recency mm-hmm. bias of being the furthest away in a year that feels like it never ended. But 
we played Oprah Din right after that. Fuck. And yes, a did. lot of us sit, feel really strongly about and, and I think really remember the experience of the Oprah Din. Wow. So good point. I don't know what that means, but there we go. Does anyone, do we want to maybe take a quick, not break, but like break from the top three and look at Slay the Spire and Among Us and to talk about them, maybe make some cases for them, maybe one of them wins, maybe it doesn't, maybe one of their cases is so good that it bumps Firewatch. So or I mean, maybe. the thing is, I'm I'm very unbiased about, like, I, I'm happy if either of these two get it. However, I'm going to make a case for Among Us to be our number five. Um, and I say that because I, I think back to Matt's, uh, very well-articulated game of the year segment that he did mm -hmm. and the way he was describing just how much of an impact Among Us had for him in quarantine is how I've been feeling about that game as well. Like, it's been a great way to reconnect with people and connect with people that you'd normally never hang out with. Or, you know, I, I got to meet Elena's sister that way. I got to hang out with my sister playing video games more that way. I've got to hang out with Brandon playing video games more that way. And it has been just a really cool experience and a really awesome game that I'm so happy kind of hit the limelight, you know, this year. Uh, and gained its traction and popularity because of the unfortunate circumstances we're all in. Um, like, Slay the Spire is great, and I love playing that game. I still play it today, you know. Just the other day, I had a god-awful run where I couldn't see enemy intents, and it was awful. Um, okay. But, like, but like Among Us is kind of also what, like, Gabe says. Like, the true winner is friendship. <laughs> Yeah. Just like, that's kind of where I'm standing when it comes between the two of those. That seems reasonable. Do you want to adjust your two thumbs up rating for that game? After having all having had a game that literally brings your fiance into the group playthrough on a almost weekly basis. That's not true. We've definitely not been that good at scheduling. But like also brings Ian into the gaming group. My brother also yeah. brings mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh James's brother also brings I mean, we're just, we're adding more and more. It's been a game that has its tendrils on all the cool people we know and wraps them in, gamer or not. Uh, capital G or little g. Like, to me, I just sat there, and the second I saw that this game could do this, I had to gold star it. And nobody else felt like they wanted to do that. Uh, and I, I want to sit there and say... I want to hear some edits, motherfuckers. That's what <laughs> I want to hear. People. Well, the thing was, and, and also you have to understand, that podcast episode was after one Among Us session that we that all played. Mm -hmm. Since mm -hmm. since that episode, we've played, I think, together in that same group, we've played maybe about two additional times. And then also I've been, like, blowing up all of my other friends on text messages trying to get them, like... I make it sound like I'm popular. I'm really not. But like I I I, I do try to, you know, whenever like Brandon says he's going to hang out with his friends from college, I'm like, "Ooh, get them to play Among Us. We should all play Among Us together. Don't sit in front of a Zoom call and just awkwardly drink beer. Play Among Us together." Um and the cool and the beautiful thing about that is that, you know, then those people who never play video games, they all get to playing it and they all have a blast and now they're in contact with Brandon Moore being like, hey, let's get a lobby going sometime. And I just think that's fucking 
rad. Take a it shot. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo. But totally no, no, it's I, I I think it's I think it's fucking rad. So like yes, I will it I will amend it to a gold star, but not after McCoy's peer pressure, mind you. <laughs> I'm amending it to a gold star because I honestly think the game deserves a gold star. Uh just for the amount of connections it had. Like it, it I don't know, the the connection it brings people together with and it's just bringing together gamers and non-gamers alike and it's so it's awesome to watch and witness i'll actually do the same because my ex messaged me out of the blue that hadn't talked in like two years just to tell me that among us reminded her of me and that was the wildest (laughs) part of 2020 gold star was it like this gabe you're you're like your ex is like god this game reminds me of you because someone stabbed me in the back What's the connection? That might have been the implication. No. I don't know. <laughs> or was it through the front of the face? <laughs> yeah. Also yeah. gold star because I got to murder somebody in front of Elena and get her kicked. Oh, I'm still <laughs> salty about that. Yeah. I just, yes. Okay, cool. I, I don't need to be, it, this doesn't need to be my peer pressuring that, that, that makes it happen. But I remember on that episode saying, you guys do not recognize what this is and what this will be for all of you. And I, I stand by that strong here. And I think that's a good case for it as TOT's fifth mm-hmm. game. Um, because you like talk about a game of 2020. Like, I mean, Among Us just fits perfectly for all the reasons that Zoe said, too. Of like, it brings people to- together in a year that we can't actually physically be together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's actually like better not together. Yeah. Like, that's the you beauty. You have to play it not in the same room. Because, like, okay, I'd like to play it in some room sometime to to see how it goes. I think someone will exclaim, God damn it, you motherfucker, on accident and ruin it. But, like, this is a game that you benefit from having everyone on Discord. And, like, that's where we all are, so it's nice that it's a plus. Because for mm-hmm. everything else, it's a minus. We've done so many fucking playthroughs this year that were awesome, awesome, awesome playthroughs, but there is no world of which they wouldn't have been better if we were all on the same fucking massive couch um and mccoy this game... wait remember sophomore year we were in the quad together yeah are you gonna bring up and when we played league of legends we would all isolate in separate rooms and put on headphones so that we could hear each other better <laughs> 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 we are capital G gamers. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. I thought you were actually going to bring up, um, we tried to play that Telltale game, yeah, the, the yeah, zombie yeah. one. This was around the time when we started dating, yeah. Like way back That's in the right. day. And, and your laptop couldn't handle it. Yeah, there was gl- bugs and stuff that, that I, I get the sense later are the Walking of the Dead ones of that franchise and or the um, gaming, studio. gaming studio, I mean to say. But yeah, um, those that that night is honestly like the seeds of some of the playthroughs we do now, honestly. But mm-hmm. anyways, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, getting really meta here. F- the argument for Slay the Spire here is this: like Slay the Spire was and is just a fantastically deep game that, um, like I personally found so interesting and so captivating. And sorry, not just me. Elena and I together on the journey of finding this game interesting mm-hmm. were watching Confirmed. like, yeah, overexplained videos, which by the way, if anyone's still playing that game and they haven't watched Jorbs' overexplained videos, I greatly, greatly, greatly recommend it. Uh, they're three hours or so long. Wrong, and he, uh, he is an Ascension 20 player that's incredible and he goes through every decision 
in the whole game from start to finish and why he's making the ones that he is. And it will give you a framework for the game that is just, it will literally set you on a track to just find the depths of that game strategy. And it's just yep. unfucking believable. And we went on that journey this year. And that was like, and it, and it, I cannot even begin to explain to you how cool that is. And I can't think of the last time a single player game has captivated me in the long run. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I definitely watch, like, Valorant videos all the time to try to up my strategy, and I love watching pro play. Um, but this is the first, like, single-player game in a fucking minute that I actually felt like I wanted to look up strategy tutorials and videos and stuff. The rest of it, like, Darkest Dungeon and stuff, like, I just play the game, and I just have fun, and I accept that it's not optimal. Because you're not that good. And I relish in the fact that it's not optimal. But on this yeah. game, like, do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying, James? Oh, 100%. Um, but also the game is really fun for people like Magic the Gathering Hall of Famer Luis Scott Vargas, who <laughs> uh just like never tries to learn the strategy and just plays fast and loose and yep. like didn't even realize that there was an ascension system because he never beat the game, you know? Like <laughs> like he's he's one of the Best Magic the Gathering, which is an incredibly complicated and deep game, like players of all time, he's very good at that kind of strategy, but he didn't want to play this game on that level, and he still loves it, you know? It's yeah. so, yeah. It's a game that's fun for people at all levels of strategic thinking. Yeah. And, and James, this, you, you can uh, vouch for this, but, but this, this year, uh, we we were we did have at one point a Dominion, uh, online like group playing for a while, and the Dominion mm -hmm. online client is hilarious, and there's all sorts of hilarious things about that, and and the shenanigans that and it's up free in the chat, and it's free, um, it's all that, but 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 when we recently ran into some scheduling issues where one of our core members like basically like over couldn't overlap, and we did when is good, and then the when is good was like sorry bro, I can't change the universe, um, and we had to stop that. I individually recommended Sly the Spire to all the people there that, that love Dominion. And, and the key was people would tell me, so Dominion is a multiplayer card deck building game. Uh, it requires other people to play with. And it's in some ways like Slay the Spire, except that Slay the Spire does not require other people to play with. And there's ups and downs normally to that style of thing, right? If you start with a game that's multiplayer, like for instance, if I said I could find an Among Us for you, but it's single player, you'd be like, uh what are you talking about um but there were a couple people like uh like ben uh keenan's brother and koji um who i don't even know if he's ever been mentioned but friend of the podcast in the sense that he's my friend uh they played dominion alone they just loved the game like they would play that game without the crew uh and they would play with random people and i was like if that's the case then you have got to try slay the spire and um, at least Ben has tried it. I think Koji's hard because he has a Chromebook. So, like, he doesn't even have, like, a, a system to play it on. Not important. But the it's point is Ben Apple played. Store. Yeah, but do you want to play store. it on your phone, though? Like, ugh. I don't know. Probably not. Maybe. So maybe. I don't know. Um, but Ben played it, and he adores it. Like, it is exactly the right thing for that person. If you are playing Dominion alone because we can't get our group together and you're listening, like, you should play Slay the Spire, there is just no other, like, it, it will just give you everything 
that you want and you can play it anytime you want and you can stop anytime you want and you can start anytime you want and you can start a run anytime you want and you can pick up that run anytime you want and immediately lose it because you don't remember what's going on with it. I was going to say, I don't know if you can pick it up after taking a break. Usually I abandon my runs if I do that. It's instant loss. Which is why I end up at like 2 a.m. And McCoy's like, why are you still like, why are you still awake? And I'm like, well, I have a really good run going. And if I stop now, I I will lose. So I sure. have to finish it. But if you don't stop now, you will lose. Well, I'll <laughs> lose it's at life. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's so 100%. Like th- this game to me personally, like has just been an unbelievable breath of strategic fresh air in a single player space. Like mm-hmm. just unbelievable. So much so that I'm like, I'm the guy here where I, I'm like, what does it take to get another character? I'll pay 50 bucks. Like, I don't care. Like, I, I want to support this game more than whatever I got it on sale. Like, I, what can we do? Where's the Patreon? Like, and I looked the studio up. Like, what are the games is the, are these guys making? No idea. They haven't said. Like, I just make two more characters for me. I'll pay $100. I don't care. Like, <laughs> it's just so good. It's so fucking good. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. That's like, that's, I feel many positive things about that game. And I think it mm-hmm. deserves all of them if you're that style of, of person. Um, <coughs> but apparently there's multiple styles. So there you go. But like, okay. But Among Us has got to be our fifth, right? I was going to say, I think for the mm-hmm. TOT, like, I, I think Among Us deserves that fifth spot. Quite honestly. I agree. But we've paid some beautiful homage to Slay the Spire. Yeah. Also, you never asked me if I was going to update my Among Us from yeah. two Are you? thumbs up. Are you? Uh, yeah. I will capitulate to peer pressure. Wait, golden thumbs this, down. Uh, point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, this game is incredible. Um, and some of my favorite, you know, experiences in the past month have been playing it with the podcast crew and family and friends. Um, yeah, it's just really excellent game. And uh, so gold star from me. At nice. this point. Nice. Nice. A gold star. I just want to just add, like, Among Us is one of those games where it's like, I could bring it out at Thanksgiving when people yeah. start gathering again. And I feel like I wouldn't get judgmental stares from my family because they'd be, or like, from my extended family, I should say. My family's cool. But, like, I feel like <laughs> I could that whip extent. that game out, out Mama Steam. at yeah. a Thanksgiving gathering, get family members who never get game to play Among Us. And that yeah. in itself is just so yeah. fucking cool. So I've actually done, not with Among Us, but like back in the day with this premise of a game, there was a mobile game where you like all control aspects of a ship. This is not the same space thing team. as... Yeah, I think it is Space <laughs> Team. I did play Space Team out of Thanksgiving one time and it turns out that you totally can do this. Um, people who don't play games like really actually do struggle with games at least in my experience like my sense is that your extended family would be like 
cool for like 45 minutes and then your gamer in you would be like if we don't go for seven hours i'm walking (laughs) (laughs) i'm taking my turkey to go yes (laughs) but anyways but you're right though you're totally right and by the way the art style is a huge contribution to why that is possible Mm -hmm. okay all right Um, i have officially locked in among us as number five firewatch is number four and now what's left for us to do is to fight each other to the death for the ordering yeah. of our top three games of the year. Return of the Obra Dinn, Where it Remains of Edith Finch, and Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Okay. Who Contra- wants to throw the first punch? I'll throw the first punch. I like the order as it is. I Wait, the, what it's showing on the Google Doc? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, what it's showing that, on the Google Doc, which is not, it's not Return order, of the Obra Dinn. Random, Obra Dinn is are. one. Mm-hmm. Oberdin, I Edith Finch, think Senua's Edith Finch place. needs to be one, quite honestly. Okay. That's reasonable to me. And then I, what's I th- two? I really want to fight for Hellblade as number two. I honestly think the fighting is going to be between Oberdin and Hellblade for two and three. That is what I think our core fight is going to be. Unless there are any dissenters who are like, how dare you put Edith Finch first? What's well, everyone's first pick? It's so fucking hard. Gabe, do you want to go first? Sure. Mine would be Oberdin. Zoe. For number one? Yep. Well, is this going off of consensus or after what we like, like, discussed? What, I, I, what, <laughs> you would, what your pick would be for number one. I just want Hellblade. to get like a... I, I, I said at the, begin, yeah. at the top of the hour, Hellblade would be my number one. Yeah. I, I, I just want to get like a feel of what everyone's number one choice would be. And we can go from there. James? Uh, Edith Finch. McCoy? Ah, oh, fuck. Uh, uh, um, wear your skin. Uh, okay, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good reference. Okay. Okay. McCoy's just, coming, didn't he's just hey. panic memeing. <laughs> he can't decide. Fuck, I mean, like, because I... I think to me it's between Edith Finch and Oprah Din. Like... I, I think Edith Finch in many ways is like a perfect game and it's emotional and it's all the things that I never thought. This is like me at younger, never thought games could be. I think Hellblade is me current, never thought games could be. Um, but Return of the Oprah Din was like the hypest shit ever. <laughs> it's like so lit though. You Amen, know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like it's just so good, man. And it just comes out of fucking total left field. Um like, Edith Finch is, like, the perfection of The Walking Simulator. Hellblade Send You a Sacrifice is a game that you never thought... It took 20 steps forward in a particular direction. And I think Oprah Din kind of also took 20 steps forward in another direction. But it's just... I don't know. So then it becomes really hard. I, pick one. Uh, Everybody else pick What else yours? Did you say yours? Edith Finch. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's so easy for you to do. Um... <laughs> Give me a countdown. I mean, she's too. already said it like three times. I know. I yeah, would... I haven't hidden my opinion. I'm tempted to say Oprah Din. Yeah. But like, I'm not mad if Edith Finch wins. And truthfully, secretly, asterisk, I'm not mad if Hellblade wins either. Like, so you're no help to yeah. us. The question is just what's your well, I mean, I'm in the exactly the same boat. I'm in exactly the same boat. Is like, these three games are incredible. And 
I'm happy to see any of them at number one. Um, Which is why, despite me saying Hellblade as my number one, like, all things considered, I think Edith Finch... I think Edith Finch deserves the number one spot. Because it's, yeah. like, perfect? or Cause, like Because like, they all deserve the number I one mean, spot. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah. they, okay, okay. they all deserve the number one spot, yes. Like, th- that's the thing. It's just, like, all of these games... It's, like, all three of these games offered us experiences that we were not expecting. Like, hell, if all three of these games could win, like, biggest surprise that word you know with honorary guest the council mixed in there like yeah like <laughs> that's so salty about that no no no, no. I, i'm not i'm not salty about that like I, i'm just saying because the council actually did get honorary uh biggest surprise um but like these games just offered us all just such visceral experiences that we were not expecting introduced us to either introduced us to a genre of game that we didn't think we we'd expect to like or maybe the front you know the the cover art of of the box the game didn't look all that compelling but then we play it and we're like holy fuck what the fuck is this and i don't know like and and all of them just have such different like I don't want to say like moral, like it's not morals. Like they they have just they they portray such different messages with all yeah. of them as well. Yeah. Um, where like like Oberdin doesn't have like a moral of the story or like a like a you know at the end of the day this is what we think. Like no, you're an insurance salesman who like just assessed the value of a ship at the end of the day on that one. But yet like it was the assessing that was so cool. Like yeah. Um, and, you know, Edith Finch's whole story and sharing, sharing the stories of her fam, sharing the story of the deaths of all of her family members to her unborn child. Um, and in a way it becoming just this sick, self-fulfilling prophecy in a way, like, that is an amazing story. And then, you know, I already said my piece about Hellblade just in watching a story about a woman who suffers with psychosis not only succeed and overcome despite her illness but also use her illness to to like help herself overcome and succeed like i think that was the other thing about Hellblade that i liked is that it didn't just show the the nitty-gritty dreariness of psychosis and mental health it was also showing the triumphs and the beauty that can come out of that as well um and so all three of those are just such yeah. different messages. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's what I mean to say. And yeah. it's just like uh it's Oberdin made me feel like a fucking detective. Senua changed my fucking worldview on how I approach day-to-day life. And Edith Finch was just like a story that you I, I sat up in bed just like writing note after note being like this podcast we need to go through this story by story there is no other way to do this podcast like we yeah. need to tell each of their stories damn nobody shouted um, out that podcast right that was a flames podcast edith finch yeah i, I yeah i did nice job i was gonna say, i think i think james did jay money um okay <laughs> yeah yeah and i i actually want to just like regardless of where we put it 
I want to make a strange case for Oberdin in the sense that it has no message, like you said, and mm-hmm. people could even say the art style makes them want to throw up, and it still potentially might win number one <laughs> yeah. here because it's that fucking good of a game. <laughs> like, it's like the gameness about it. Like, okay, so I actually think the art style does like actually help obscure what you can see in a magical way oh i thought you were gonna say it i think the art style might hit it in this category and knock it down i don't know what number one spot although i think someone could make that case but like honestly like i no i i thought it would if you would ask me beforehand and if you'd ask me even like during maybe i might have said so but like it amazes me that a game it's like it's like imagine this imagine if baba is you is on this list like it's not I'm right <laughs> no but imagine right you would sit there and go well baba is you has no fucking like it has none of the other things that make these other games amazing it's just a puzzle game and yet this is kind of just a puzzle game but it's so fucking incredibly good it's actually standing toe to toe with fucking hellblade and edith finch that to me is mind-bogglingly amazing I'm not I saying... think we said in the podcast episode, like at least to just to kind of give somewhat of credit to the the visuals in Overden. Like I I I for one, I thought Overden should have won best visuals, but I was overruled. Um, but no, yeah, true. But true. um, but like I I think the the visuals of Overden help kind of mask the overall brutality of that game because you are watching decapitations mm-hmm. and shootings and stabbings and yeah. suicides and a bunch of yeah. really heinous shit uh that I think if it was in full blown color or like mocap we would have been like throwing up being like <laughs> wow this is glorifying violence in a way I would have never expected it to yeah, and that's yeah, why cyberpunk and... sometimes is too much. Well, yeah, and instead we were all like zooming <laughs> yep. in, being like, "Quick, get a yeah. different angle." Was he decapitated or like <laughs> yeah. g- gored? Yeah, what <laughs> would no, you so say true. the cause of death is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but it's... yeah, I, and that, that's why I think the visuals really help with that. Um, Agreed. I do agree. Also, yeah. that, but that's also the other thing. Like the visuals in that are so unique. I, I. Yeah. I didn't mention this in the visual section, but another part that I just thought was so cool was like tracing the bullet trails of mm-hmm. bullets. How you were just like, oh, you can see the bullet spray and you can trace it. And ooh, this one missed, but this one struck this guy in the side. You know, I, I don't know. Like I said, the game makes you feel like a fucking detective yeah. in a way that I think normal like Nancy Drew... Not to knock on Nancy Drew, but like Nancy Drew detective games, you're kind of like, yeah, I pieced together the clues based on process of elimination and maybe exhausting all dialogue options with this one townie. Like, yeah. And Oprah did it. It did give you the credit of it never held your hand. And sure, it had some gimme answers in that someone would literally say, hey, Johnny, come over here. And you're like, oh, there's only one Johnny on this manifest. Well, that's you. Like, But then otherwise, like, you're on your own yeah. in terms of figuring it out. Um, God, so what am I trying to say here, I guess? I don't know. Um, eh. I don't know. Guys, like, <laughs> the, Return of the Oberdin feels like it's fucking a crossword puzzle that's made it to best game of TOT. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the top three. How co- It feels like it's Sudoku. Like, what if someone was like, yo, I think Sudoku is the best game of the year? Like, that would be the most ludicrous shit to ever say. And yet, like, here this here here's Sudoku Plus. Yeah, Sudoku is sick, too. 
you mean, I feel like there's an argument for that for like a historical sense. Anyways, I don't, but I, I don't know. Sorry for taking on your analogy and just ruining it. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> That's what we're here to do. I don't know. I don't know what any of us are saying at this point. I think we might be okay with all three permutations of this mm -hmm. list. The thing is, like, all all games have their aha moment that I think hit it for us. You know, for Edith Finch, I think, well, I'm going to just say for my own, it's just like the, the fish cannery scene in Edith Finch was just absolutely one of the, like, most amazing experiences in a video game I've ever had. Yeah. That said... Getting that final da-da-dun, done, and getting something right and over done, one of the most amazing feelings you can ever feel in a video game. Yeah. And then in Senua, I honestly think that last battle with Hela was one of the most epic as fuck feelings I have ever felt in any combat situation <laughs> whatsoever. And that is a combat situation in which you have to die. <laughs> like... It, they all just have those aha moments where I'm like, this is the best part of a video game ever. And then I'm like, well, but yeah. this one's the best part of a video game ever. And this is the best part of a video game ever. Like, they all just transcend each other yeah. in various mm-hmm. aspects. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is just a point. I don't think it's a di- differentiating point. I have recommended Obra Dinn and Edith Finch a lot to non-gamer people that I know. Mm-hmm. And I would never recommend Hellblade to a non-gamer because it's it just, I think it's too hard. I'm sure you could turn it down. I'm sure they have great settings for that, but like, it's just a large ask for a non-gamer. Well, I don't think best games should be ranked based off of accessibility, like necessarily. Well, yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. And I, again, I wasn't saying this is a differentiating factor. I think it's, it's something to think about as we're swirling around hundreds of different ways to look at these things. Um, but I agree. Like, yeah, like, in other words, like, Valorant's the least accessible, accessible game of all time, basically. Like, I wouldn't, I would almost not even suggest playing it if you don't have a really nice gaming PC and 144 hertz monitor at the minimum. Um, so, yeah, I get it. Totally. Um, I'm also just, I, I mostly just mentioned that to say that I'm mad and tilted at my mom for not playing either of those games because I wrecked both, both of them. Um. Shout out to McCoy's mom. <laughs> Hi, Barbara. What's <laughs> <laughs> up? Well, it's because she was just like, oh, yeah, those sound like really great. And I'm like, no, 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 you have no idea how really great these games are. <laughs> yeah. They are the really greatest. I um, don't know. I feel like we've, like, there is no right choice for these three games. These are all three just phenomenal, incredible games. And I think we've said it a million different ways. I feel like at this point, like, someone's going to have to take a stance and we're going to, I don't know. I still can't. Edith Finch, number one. Yeah, I can't shake the feeling okay. that Edith Finch okay. should be number one. Okay, sure. Yeah. So I think maybe we just pop it in there. Edith Finch, Oberdin, Hellblade. I yep. think it should be the other way. <laughs> I honestly think it should. I have a hard time. I came into this thinking it should be Edith Finch, Hellblade, Oberdin. But the more we've talked about Oberdin, like the more I've been like, ooh, maybe. That is the way. So I, I don't know where I, I don't know if, I don't know that I have a strong feeling on those t- two anymore. Maybe. Okay. 
Like I said, I never got that collective experience with Oberdin quite the same way. And I think that's yeah. why I rank it below. I can see that. How about you, James? I mean, I also played Oberdin by myself. Um, but I... I don't know. I just... I fucking love that game. But also Hellblade, though. <laughs> it's hard as fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I think... Ah. I feel like Oberdin should win number two. Um, and Hellblade should get number three. Is that a part of my reasoning for that? Is uh, there's you know, one, two, three. Five people here, and uh, <laughs> five people played that game, and only four people played Hellblade. Oh, really? Okay. That's where we're going yeah, with that. I don't know if we can do that. That's the only thing that I have to differentiate them. <laughs> I know. I think they're okay. not fair, though. They're Honestly. so good. Uh, I, I, I don't feel think, like Hellblade's I don't gotten think... shafted because of this, but okay. Really? I'm not you saying that should be the Just case, though. Let's... As the odd man out, I don't agree with that. I think I, I agree that Oberdin should be two, but I don't think it should be under that merit. There's, I don't know. I it's like as I was saying at the beginning of this. There's four games that were absolutely incredible that it was hard to differentiate between. And we decided that Firewatch was a little bit below the other three. But the other three, it's like, they, it's a three-way tie for first place and then we go to fourth, you know? Like, I just don't... Like, at this point, we're splitting hairs between yeah. how awesome these games are. Yeah, I think... No, it's and, true. Yeah. And so... That's why I fall back to like arbitrary numbers to Don't. to guide me because there's nothing else. Just search your heart yeah. and th think deep down like between Oberdin and Hellblade, which did you personally enjoy more? Is it all down to me? Like, is that where we are? Elena also like, calmed down. <laughs> I didn't cop out. Did you? No, I mean, I'm not an official podcast member. At some point, I feel like I let, let you guys. Out. I mean, that no, is a listen, cop out, but I feel listen, like it's a worthy I, cop out. I think cop outs here, in my personal opinion, are voting and uh, I'm not a real member, basically. Okay. I think it should be Hellblade. <laughs> Wait, voting? Okay. I think Hellblade should be number two. But voting as in, like, 
everybody gets a vote and then we like average it or some sh- you know it's not an average oh, okay. yeah. oh. Tally so my argument yeah fair enough no because i think that's what separates a consensus uh top five from from the rest of what some people do like some people just tally votes like anonymously and then they just decide that and then it just feels super weird like we're here to fight this out we're here to split the hairs i think and it's okay. painful but then I think that's what we're here to do like my heart was leading me very slowly towards Hellblade over Oberdin, and then Elena just went out and said it. Okay. Here's, um, okay. I have okay. a couple cases I but, will make for Hellblade. I think okay, a couple things. One, when we first played Hellblade, when we hit that podcast right after, that game immediately and unequivocally got gold starred by everybody on that. And the same is not true for the Oberdin. And I think that speaks a little bit to like our immediate read of that game. And that sitting here like way after the fact trying to piece them apart and it's not fair but like our immediate soul read on those games is that hellblade was an incredibly impactful experience but also just a really fucking dope game in terms of what like the i'll go back to them again like the voices in that are like one of my favorite things that i've ever seen a video game do they're so amazingly well done and they're oh perfect and cool i mean i shouldn't stop using the word perfect they're so cool they're so well done that one like sits on your left shoulder all the time and the ones that swirl are incredible the kind of the overall experience of that game the the opening sequence when you're like paddling in and you don't know what the game is about yet and you're like are those bodies gonna fucking come alive like please no um i just i think that that game was extraordinary in what it set out to do and in what it actually did. And I think that the Oberdan is one of my favorite games that I've ever played. And I think all three of these are easily probably on my, okay, my top five list is getting crowded, but like these three games are all some of my favorite things I've ever played. But I think for me, in terms of like ranking a best game, I feel like Hellblade slightly inches it out for me. And that was my reaction when we had first played that game and i think i'm gonna like stick to my guns now in when i am filled with self-doubt because i loved the Oberdin, and it was one of my favorite gaming experiences of all time and i've recommended the Oberdin to so many people but i like i don't know i'm that's my only way to do this because i agree that like these three games essentially are all tied for number one in my heart but if we have to rank them and no one else will take a stance I think Hellblade goes a little bit on top for me. I like that. I agree. I mean, I think like that's potentially the way this cookie crumbles, right? Like I, I, I'm, I'm going to make my case again and then I think we can surrender. But like I would just say for one, um, the fact that Oberdin did not get immediately gold stars from everyone. Is everyone else's fault? I know. Look, I, I gave it a gold star. I gold that game. I, I gave agree, it a gold star. But that's step one. Step two, the recency bias of it being the second game we played this whole year, and it's still fucking carrying, is awesome. Um, that being said, you guys, I'm not mad if Hellblade's two. It was fucking amazing for all the reasons you guys said, and all more that we said on that podcast, and more we didn't even think of until later. Like it's clearly amazing, and. Wow, like there yeah, we are. No, I'm I mean, un- I'm uncomfortable again. Like, I don't want to write this into the Google Doc, but I, I'm okay with it. But no, it's fine. Well, it just means that <laughs> our time together didn't mean anything to you. <laughs> oh, <Jesus laughs> <Christ>. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
<laughs> well, and and I guess before we 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 say the final ranking here again, if it hasn't already been like widely apparent for the past what forty five minutes to an hour, guys, listeners, this ranking at least for the top three, even, hell, I'd even say top four. It's like it's not like one is more important over the other, like. Yeah. It's not really like this is these are all really fucking good games. So you should go play them all at the end of this. Like, I know we spoiled it for you throughout this entire game of the (laughs) year episode, but go play it. True, true, true. Yeah, that's that a good point, true. boy. If that's you hadn't played these coming in, I were so sorry. Yeah, but like we make Honestly, these... I'm like seriously considering doing like a voice clip I'll submit to McCoy to play at the very beginning of the game of the year stuff being like, hey, we're really going to talk spoilers. Please play these games. Yeah, <laughs> feel free to, if you want to be the one to do I was going to do it. So if you want to be the one to do it, do it, but do it quickly. Because um, I'll be mm-hmm. probably editing starting tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, we make these games fight because that's the exercise and that's the fun, but but yes, it's true. It was not fun. I mean, okay, this has been a lovely time spent <laughs> right. with all this of isn't, you. You're right. This, this isn't, last really part hurts this. my soul. You're right. This isn't the most fun game of the year. It's the game of the year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> all right. Oh right. man, there there has been there has been some great triumphs and some great heartbreaks all throughout this entire yeah. uh, this entire game of the year saga. And some great so, groans. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually wish Obra Dinn's visuals had had more of a, f- a fight behind them because I didn't recognize until here that I felt that – because at first I was like, yeah, I remember them making me sick. But now I remember them, like, obscuring the, like, reality they're of – They're fucking what... incredible. Okay, I hate my – I hate that I went for a Hellblade over there. But, like, they're really good. They're so <laughs> fucking good, you guys. <laughs> but, okay, oh. let's let's go through Okay. just as a total – all encapsulating summary for our game of the year, starting from the top. In case you've been listening this entire time and you just want to remember what you listened to in part one and what one there. Here, here's how it all panned out in these last, what, six, eight hours. Best narrative. Winner, What Remains of Edith Finch. Runner-up was The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part Two. Honorary Gabe's winners, Last of Us and Firewatch. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's right I didn't in the Google that was Doc. I, I, just now. I, I, okay. I had to put that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Best collective experience. Winner, the council. Runner-up, Lorelai. Holy shit, Lorelai won something. Oh, <laughs> what the Let's fuck? Go. Disgusting. I think it was, it was a best collective experience. What Claire and I were saying during the breaks. Exactly. Exactly. Best multiplayer game. Holy shit, what did I do? Um, best multiplayer game, winner, Among Us, runner-up, Valorant. Best game we're still playing, winner, Valorant, runner-up, Slay the Spire, and Stardew Valley. Best visuals, winner, What Remains of Edith Finch, runner-up, Firewatch, and Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. Best actually recent game, 2019 to 2020. Last of Us Part Two, Runner Up, Valorant, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Biggest surprise. Winner, Return of the Obra Dinn. Runner Up, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, and The Council. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Biggest disappointment. Winner, The Council. Runner Up, 
The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, and Cyberpunk 2077. But we want to let you know that it's like, we're not like the other people when we say it's a disappointment. Like, yeah. we're, we're, we're saying it's like the cool disappointment. <laughs> but anyway, the final best game, top five. Number five, Among Us. Number four, Firewatch. Number three, Return of the Overdin. Number two, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. And number one, What Remains of Edith Finch. Oh, wow. It hurts a little bit, but we did it. Good. I don't know if it hurts. Like I look at that, and that's a pretty damn good list. I'm satisfied. What a fucking year 2020 was. Despite all of the crap that was 2020, what a year for games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a year for, for specifically TNT. our podcast playing games, right? Like yeah. we picked some yeah. bangers. Exactly. Cool. What will 2021 have in store? I can't wait. I, I In see. theory, I don't know if this is true, but in theory, I'm thinking about the design of our system. And like, mm. if we just keep doing this for a long time, then eventually like we won't have any good games to play for a given year. And then mm-hmm. it'll just be like a really impassioned argument about like two games that both got a one thumb up Deeply average. Mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> but new games keep coming out. So we'll just end up being a current games uh, podcast. Yeah, like everything else. God damn it. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. just have to see. Mm. But Okay. I think that just about wraps it up. Any last words from any of the other members of this podcast and honorary members and has been members? (laughs) 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 And just has been in general. I mean, you know, like, what was it you said, Gabe, the other day? You were like, biggest disappointment, me as a 27-year-old. That basically sums it up. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, damn. I mean, dude, I think we, I mean, I at least already did, like, shout-outs to people and shit. Like, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here at this point. Like, this is a crazy thing that we do. We had to do this one not in person, obviously, like we said. That made it mm-hmm. a lot harder. Um, yeah. But we got there. I do want to say, guys, reserve it on your calendar for next year. 2021 in-person game of the year. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> Let's <laughs> fucking do it. Yeah. Bum. Really but um, but um. <laughs> So Elena, the key is if you want to be really badass, mm-hmm. your timing was on point, but you only do the first section. Just do bum bum bum, and then and cut. then it ends. Yeah, that's sick. 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 <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, happy twenty twenty or. Mary 2021 or I don't know whatever the fuck just hit that stop cringe love of Christ (laughs) (laughs) great choice yeah exactly next podcast (laughs) next pod damn it next year (laughs) next year